I was so excited. I found the best slippers I've ever had. <laughs> okay. And I'm just so right. excited to tell you about them. I'm still are they, going. Are they, co- are, they, are they cozy? Oh, they're so cozy. <laughs> so they're, they're from, uh, they are not a sponsor of the show this week, but they mm-hmm. formerly sponsored the show. Mac Weldon. Uh, you're, are you familiar <laughs> I'm with wearing the a Mac Weldon shirt right now. <laughs> I got me undies. I'm sitting here. It rains, so I had to take off my pants. I'm sitting here in my me, my me undies and my Mac Weldon uh, shirt. Yeah, they make good stuff. They really do. They 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 actually really do. At first, I thought it seemed too costly, but like my gosh, their stuff is so good. It's so well made and so comfortable. Tell me about these slippers, man. I want to look them up. All right, here, I'll send you the link. All right. Okay. So I don't know if you remember, but from many many years ago. I believe. Now, you know, I also suffer terribly from podcast amnesia. But if I recall mm-hmm. correctly, on the previous uh, incarnation of this show, Dan Benjamin and I spoke a lot about slippers. Now, I could be getting mm-hmm. this wrong because I have podcast mm-hmm. amnesia. So my apologies to Mr. Benjamin if, if I'm getting it wrong. But my... John, every day somebody's every day somebody's born who's never seen the Flintstones. Don't worry. Uh, There's somebody who has not heard the, about the one mile slipper. Now I really like slippers in the winter because I just I just peter about the house, you know, I don't leave. But you need slippers cuz it's it's cold and the floors, you know, get get yeah. really cold. Uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can't do good work with cold feet. No. <laughs> uh, now I have very strong feelings about slippers. I want slippers that have a bit of a back. I don't like a a, a slipper where you just slip it right in and there's no back. It's, no, 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 no scuffs for John Gruber. They, you, you, you can't walk with slippers like that. Now, if I recall correctly, that's that's what Dan liked. Does he like the ones you just stick your foot in and there's no back? But to, uh, to me, it means you have to shuffle. You have to shuffle your feet, and it, it makes uh, that's not very dignified. It's not dignified. You're not modeling well for your son. It is not dignified. It it makes a, a noise that I find to be unattractive. Uh, but you don't want too much of of a of a back mm-hmm. because then it, you might as well just be putting shoes on, right? You've got to do mm-hmm. much, too much work. Like you kind of want it so that your foot can still just get in with no help from your hands. Right. Mm-hmm. I've been looking for a good pair of slippers. I believe I had a good pair of slippers years ago and, uh, whoever it was, they, they stopped making them. And then I've been hunting for slippers ever since. And to, with absolutely zero satisfaction, had a pair of lands ends that I was, isn't that the worst? It's such, it's it's it's. I feel like it's really symptomatic of our age of Amazon, where I get an extraordinary amount of stuff delivered uh, a lot of the time, including stuff you would typically get from a store. But like, it's the, one of the worst things is I, I ran through this with my Synology, for example, where I tried to cheap out on my first Synology, and I really regretted it because I only bought a two bay Synology, which sounds like a lot, but if you want to use a Synology for what it's really for. You got to pop for the one where you can <clears throat> put lots more drives in. That's what makes Synology or any NAS good. And I feel like one of the worst things you can do for yourself is economize on the wrong thing and then buy multiples of them and you feel like such a cuck. Like, what am I doing? It's so annoying. And they arrive and you put them on. And you're like, well, I hate these. I guess I'll donate these. Like, donated slippers, hard pass. I, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. I took a look at these slippers. I forget why. Uh, I was, I guess I was just shopping for, uh, you know, like regular t-shirts and undies and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and some socks. And, uh, and I saw that they had these slippers 
I wasn't looking for slippers at Mack Weldon. Didn't even know they made them. But I took one look at them, and I thought these might be these might be it. You see the you see the picture there. I'll put this in the show notes for sure. Well, but, I got a lot. I got I got a lot of questions. I'll, I will be acquiring these. They um, it's they uh, they claim to have a memory foam footbed, yeah, waterproof and slip resistant sole, yep. and an anti odor silver uh, XT two registered trademark interior lining. Yeah, and, and they look like they look like the right combination of easy to deal with, comfortable, but also sturdy. You're not yeah. you're not you're not walking around looking like your aunt. It is a bit of a it's a bit of a shoe bottom. You know, not mm-hmm. you know. You mm-hmm. can see from the pictures, it's not big. It's it's not like a pair of sneakers, but it's. You could be comfortable and dignified with the one mile slipper. Let's be honest. Well, let me tell you this too. I want before I, uh, when I with the idea of a no back slipper. I don't know what the industry term is, but the other thing that bothers me about a no back slipper is what if something unforeseen happens and I need to I need to run. Yeah, well, they're they're just they they would come flying right off. What if there's some or like kind if you of have to tell some kids to get off your lawn and right. you, you 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 kick in their direction and then they're going to laugh and then, at then me your slipper your slippers flying off and all the Philly kids are laughing right Fat Albert's out there going look at that man with the slipper that, those kids <clears throat> those kids will tell that story for weeks you can't have <laughs> if it. you're lucky <laughs> can't have it yeah. Uh, yeah one thing though I don't like I, I also don't like and I'm not a germaphobe uh, yeah. But, you know, I like to keep things tidy. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a mental thing. So with my slippers, I don't like them to take one foot out, out the door. They're in the house, right? Now, mm-hmm. is the mat, we have mats, you know, we're, we're civilized people. We've got a mat in the front door mm-hmm. uh, so you can, you know, wipe your feet. Now, is that mat that you come in and wipe your feet on, is that any cleaner than the outside stoop? Listen, whatever you do in life, you're going to suffer from cross-contamination, but right. it's, it's germs all the way down. You can't think about that all day long. You need just, to get on with your life. Just keeps it. Just keeps also, it. Also, if, if memory serves, your, your, uh, your house is, we have one of those Philadelphia houses that's narrow and tall, like the Dutch. Yeah. yeah. So you, gotta, you, gotta, you have to go with, with steps. So you fall down them sometimes and say, Jiminy. Yep. And, and with a situation like that, you're going to want not only dignity, but confidence. Right. And that's you can, another you can be reason a man who walks up to his private office. That's and a, slippers. Hey, mm-hmm. That's another reason for me to get that hard rubber sole, though, is for mm-hmm. taking the steps. You know, like these Lands End ones that I've been suffering with for years uh, had like a almost like a leather sole. Mm-hmm. Not good for not good for the slip slipperness. Anyway, like they have traction. Anyway, yeah. uh, the thing that got me worried about these, though, is they don't sell the slippers like shoes. You know, like size eleven, size eleven and a half, size twelve. They've just got like small, medium, and large. And I think large, they're like it's sizes eleven to thirteen, right? Here, what do they say here? Large doesn't even. Well, this is my this is my question to you that you can come back to is is uh, all right. Do you so feel a, like a, g- given your shoe size, small how, uh, small yeah. is small is an eight to nine shoe size. Medium mm-hmm. is a nine to ten, and large is ten to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Now, number one, what if you're ten? Right now, you're. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you get the medium that's nine to ten, or do you get the this large? Is the prob- this is this is our concern. I am a. I used to be a nine and a half, and as I age, I'm getting closer to a ten. But I don't want it to be too loose. But I for shizzle do not want it to be too tight. I had a good chance, though, because with a lot of shoes, I take a 12. And so I feel like that's square in the middle of that large range. Mm -hmm. But I can be really, really picky about shoes. You You, you get picky about a product. This is why I, you know, you know, uh, you've known me for years. For years Mm -hmm. and years and years, I've been wearing black Adidas Samba Millennium. 
Well, anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it. Uh, not the I regular you samba. The in, like indoor soccer shoes. Yeah, indoor soccer shoes, but not the regular sambas. I like the Millennium ones. They have. Like, oh, uh, you went with like uh, you and Millennium for the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. When they have some kind of advanced torsion control in the sole or some bullshit like that. So important. Yeah. Right. Uh, but one of the reasons, number one, I feel like they never go out of style. Number two, I know if I get the exact same size, it'll fit me the exact right way. Um, anyway, I'm happy to say these slippers feel as though they were custom made for me. Like I went to a slipper tailor and mm-hmm. I had these custom made. It could not fit my feet better. Uh, within, these will serve you well for many years, Mr. Group. Within about a day... <laughs> Within about a day, it went from sort of needing a little bit of help with my fingers to get it over the lip to uh, to just being able to slip my feet right in. Oh, you broke them in. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you what else. Pet peeve. Oh, uh-huh. oh yeah. here's one. All right. I got to. When somebody buys a pair of slippers that has a back and they don't. You ste- step on them. They step on them. They treat yeah. them like the slippers that don't well, have. Before we call those scuffs. When you got, when you got like a, or like a lady might have a kind of, she called a mule. And that's the kind where your foot just goes into it, like, like some kind of monster. And if you're stepping on that, and now, I mean, there's, again, dignity, you know? You, it looks like these could, from, from going through the gallery here, it, yeah, it looks like you could step on these. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a soft back. So you could. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. But hey, if that's, and I understand that this whole anecdote is about mm-hmm. how hard it is to find the right pair of slippers. But keep looking. If you want, if you're the sort yeah. of person who don't, wants Don't give that, up. Don't give up. Don't treat, don't treat slippers with a back like they don't have a back. Yeah. Anyway, couldn't be more comfortable. I even like the way they look. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a nice, you know, you, you, you can tell which color I got. I got the dark gray ones. Uh, yeah. They space, look good. Space gray, yeah. There's a fella here. He's enjoying some coffee on what looks like his, uh, his deck. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, you're never going to believe this. I couldn't wait to put these on and talk to you about them while I was wearing them. I can't find the sons of bitches. I don't know where they are. You should get a tile. <laughs> I, don't know where they, I don't know where they are. <laughs> I don't know where you they could are. Just, you could just tape them, tape a tile onto each one of them and tell people it's steampunk. It makes no sense. It, our house mm. where is, could they? Where could they have gone? Where There's only a limited number of places. I bet they're under something. I, that's, that's a possibility. I wonder. I, I may have to... I may have to go under. I feel like the only places they could be are my closet in my bedroom or at the front door where I take them off and put shoes on to go out, you know, out and about. And they're, mm-hmm. they're not at either place. And mm-hmm. it's part of my pathology is, uh, and it made me late to start this podcast with you because I was ready. I was ready to go right on time, but I wanted the slippers. Mm-hmm. I go up to my room. I look in a closet. And uh, I podcast here from from a uh, cave in the basement. So actually, I looked by the front door first, which is where I assumed they were. Yeah. Couldn't find them. Haven't been wearing them for a couple of days because it's been a little warm. It's been uh, been like up in the, huh. up around 50 degrees. Didn't really need them. Could have used them, but it's really mm-hmm. when it gets cold that I don't. Went up to my room, looked in the closet, went all the way back down to the first floor, looked at the front door, went all the way back up to my room, looked in the same closet again. And they still weren't there. Hmm. Um, I might I go. Just, I might go yeah. with underneath the couch. I don't know how. I don't well, know. How I that... mean, okay. So here's the kind of thing I, I, I share. As you know, you have you have a young person in your life. You can't tell them anything. And uh, the, a thing that that uh, so you know you know how it is where like the kid is so much like the one parent or so much like the other parent or sometimes completely different. One way I love my wife so much. One way she's a lot like my wife is they they don't really understand how to look for things. 
And so, and so uh, she's, she's frantic because she can't find a thing. And I say, well, did you look here? She says, yes, I looked there. And she just she doesn't want to find it. She wants to be right. And I say, now the thing about finding a thing is you can't just look in the places that you've looked. That's not looking. You keep looking till you, till you find it. And the reason that uh, that less civilized people say it's always the last place you look is because nobody keeps looking for something after they found it. That that that's that's the problem is you've bought into that ideology. So I'm going to give you a note, and then I'd like to share an anecdote. The note I'm going to give to you, John, I I, I assume you're you're doing pretty okay with some of this stuff. I uh, you, sh- you should do what I do, which is you stack. You you need uh, you need two more pairs of these that you put aside in case our friends at Mac Weldon, and thank you so much to Mac Weldon um, for sponsoring this. You need to stack these and have a second pair ready for when they don't make these anymore, or God forbid something terrible happens to the pair you have or they get lost. You you need that. So what you could do right now is you go to MacWeldon.com and you'll get the one mile slipper, get order two pairs. And then put them away, or take one of those pairs, and until you find your other pair, now you got a pair of slippers. I know that sounds like a monstrous thing to do, but these have made you so happy. I've never, John. I've never. I've known you for. I was going to buy. I've never heard you this happy before. I was going to buy two more pairs. I was already set to buy two more pairs. I do that that with so many things, like our 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 drip coffee thing we use for like making a one hitter of coffee. Mm It's it's hard to get, and sometimes you order from the wrong people on Amazon, and it's confusing, and it's weird, and you got now you got the Chinese one that doesn't really work. God love them. And so I bought two more of those. My wife says, "Why do we have three of these?" I said, "Well, ask me in two and a half years when the other one gets all janky. Now you now you can still enjoy your coffee like John's going to enjoy his slippers." Here's the problem, though. The problem is I was I was really looking forward to having them in mint condition, and I know exactly where I would put them. I would put them in the lower left corner of my back of my closet. That's where I would put. I, I, mm-hmm. There's only one place that makes logical sense for me to put spare slippers. I would keep them in the box. Mm-hmm. Now, if I mm-hmm. if I go ahead and do this, and I don't find the pair that I own, which are obviously somewhere in the house, they must mm-hmm. be in the house. There's, it's you could like it, unless you, unless someone is gaslighting you, your slippers are in the house. You don't. You've already stipulated you do not go outside in the. Nope. And even okay. if I did, I'd come home with them, right? I mm-hmm. think I would remember coming home barefoot. Oh, you uh, wouldn't like leave them at a Pete's Coffee or something? No, I don't think mm-hmm. so. Uh, you, you wouldn't take them off. You're not the kind of person that takes off your shoes in public, are no, you? No, no. I can't remember okay. the last time I took off my shoes in public. Other, you know, other than I guess to buy shoes. That should be in the federal code. And don't don't put your feet up on the bulkhead in the plane. Don't do that. Nobody wants to see your feet. Oh man. Ugh. Uh, no, don't do that. Uh, you know, I, do, you, do you follow this guy? Uh, you ever hear of him, Tom Nichols? He's a Sort of in it. You probably don't because he's sort no. of a, a, Is he a sports guy. No, he's a Trump guy. Um, oh, oh. Uh, politics. He, he's like a, he's a good follow on Twitter if you do want to follow. Uh, he's one of these uh, Republicans who's always Is that been radio a, free Tom. Yeah. And he's always been contrary to Trump, you know, and, and very consistent on it. He teaches at like the Naval War College. He's a, a Russian foreign policy expert. Uh, but anyway, his pet peeve in life is people who take their shoes off on airports. <laughs> And so, so people send him pictures. People know it bothers him, and they, you know, if some, you know, somebody who follows him gets on a plane and sees it. You know, they uh, they'll, they'll send him a picture. <laughs> I, I like to be comfortable. Don't criticize oh. me. I like, you know, what I like to not be nauseated for four and a half hours. Oh, the people who do it in that front row. Uh, that's what I'm saying. They put the oh look at me. I, I pop for you know a Delta Plus, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna put my bare feet on the bulkhead. Don't oh. do that. 
And it makes you okay. really makes you really oh, wonder about it. Really, the, uh, it turns it turns your tummy a little bit. Okay, here's my here's my confession uh, to you, and I'm not proud of this. I hope not a lot of people will listen to this. But um, for a long time, um, my secret shame, in some ways, I don't like to talk about it, is that I, um, I'll, I'll I'll wear Crocs. Okay, <laughs> look, uh, look, look. I like to be comfortable, and and so what I'll do, my house shoes in the Japanese style, is I walk around in Crocs. Now let me let me let me be super clear. These are not the kind. I think you're, I, I feel like when I met your son in New Zealand, maybe he was wearing Crocs. That's, my very, kid was that's, wearing a, very, Crocs. that's a very high possibility. But here's age. the thing. And that's when you're going to get them in a funny color and they have holes in them. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can put pins on them and stuff like that. No, I'm a grown man. I'm 53 years old and I have what are called professional Crocs. <laughs> I have. <laughs> that's funny how. I, I have the kind of Crocs that a professional would wear. Like, let's say yeah. it's somebody who's a, a medical professional. Um, and so they're, they're very rugged. And they're really quite handsome. And if if I were to drop a hypodermic needle, I would not be instantly killed because the hole, there's a hole in my shoes. And yeah. in a hospital, really? No. I have professional Crocs. Now, what I want to – okay, so let's get that out of the way. Now, what I want to share with you, the minute that you mentioned open back shoes, I thought of uh, a fact that I learned in 2019. Um, so Crocs, if you've ever seen a pair of Crocs, and you probably have, you know most people wear them like, a, like, a, like a, uh, an open back clog and you walk around. You may, I don't know if you've noticed that there's like a little strap that flips over and then goes yeah. around the back of your ankle. Yep. You know what that's called? Nope. Sport mode. Sport mode. Sport oh. mode. Is that official? That's official Crocs lingo? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't follow the trades, right. but I'm pretty sure it's called sport mode. And then like, when you really need to start tearing ass in right. your professional clogs, you go into sport mode. See, <laughs> that's what I'm, it's a good, you know. I, I I'm not going to lie to you, Merlin. I wouldn't wear Crocs personally, but uh, but to yeah. each his own. I don't pass judgment. Yeah. And they're professional. Did I mention that they're professional Crocs? Yeah. yeah well, I get okay. it. But I yeah. I do I do appreciate the sport mode. I feel like that it solves the same problem that the back mm-hmm. of of the slipper that I'm hundred percent keeps keeps it on. But it doesn't. Was, it's not like putting on a pair of shoes. You know. That's the thing. If you got to bend over, they're not right. Well, here's my okay. So here's my question. I'll make this really fast. Um. Uh, so the the one mile slipper. I once again, I really want to thank everybody at Mac Weldon. Um, the one mile slipper. When not you, a sponsor, so you, though. Not okay. Are you sure? I'm 100 percent sure that they are not sponsoring this. Episode. Is this going to be one of those Teen Vogue things where you're eventually going to have to take it down because it's sponsored content? <laughs> oh, it was in the CMS. We accidentally hit the button. Sorry, my bad. Uh, um, so my question to you is: Given that your knowledge of your shoe shot, shoe size, and the thing is, the size you're working in, I'm a small man. I'm a little guy. I'm like a Dan Benjamin size guy. No, I would say you're right in the middle. What did you oh, say? You take so a nine, a nine and a half, a ten. I I'm think... just about the average American height, which yeah. makes me seem short. But you know, I wear lifts and my Crocs, which are professional. Um, so my question to you is: Given what you know about your shoe size, and you'll see this sometimes on like a, a Zappos or whatever, and and when people have the rate, is one of the few things where they do a multifaceted approach to reviews. And if you know me, you know how frustrating I find it that there's only one facet to reviews, which is number of stars. Yeah, it's so stupid. We we talk about this on Rectives with uh, Syracuse all the time. How frustrating that is. People are mad that Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys got released again and so they leave a bad review because they're mad. And it's like, wait a minute, you're, you just gave a one star to Pet, what? So what you'll see is one of the facets, what do they say? True to fit. Is it true to fit? And then you give a number of stars based on whether you think it's true to fit. Does it feel too big? Does it feel too little? Given what you know about your shoe size and you're in a range that's much broader than mine, do do you feel like these are true to fit? Should I? Be, what I'm asking you is, I, think I don't think I want to go. To it doesn't make sense to me if I'm on the uh, on the edge of ten. 
like the Stevie Nicks song. It doesn't make sense to me to go into the 10 to 13 yeah. if I might could slide by. I, I, with, I think if you were going to buy a pair of these, I would get that medium that's a 9 to 10. I, I would because right. I, I can't imagine it if you if they fit me as well as they do. I feel like you'd be you'd be it'd be like you're wearing your dad's slippers. You know what I mean? Little boy with with. Yeah, uh, he, he, pa- he passed a long time ago. So is it true navy or true black that I'm working with here? Uh, Which one should I get? True Navy's kind of handsome. Yeah, I think you, I don't think you. Well, go maybe wrong. I'll get you. Did you get true black? No, no, I went. I went the gray. You went with a char like a charcoal. Yeah, charcoal. All I see is true navy and true black. Well, just just so we don't well, get maybe two twinsies. Oh, then maybe I maybe I did get the black. I don't. I'm know. I'm gonna go with navy, I did not true get navy. navy. I hate those fake navies. I'm gonna go with true navy and medium, and I'm adding to cart. Oh no, I guess you're right. I guess I did get the black. I don't know. Maybe they did. They get rid of the other one. Will this make me happy in life, John? Will this finally be the thing where I buy the thing and it makes me happy in life? Do you like slippers? I mean, I'm open. (laughs) What kind of work does he do? (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, (laughs) thanks. One last time. Thank you so much to Mac Weldon. Let's do a real Uh, sponsor read. Oh, do you want to tell me about something you like? (laughs) I'm going to tell you about something I like. This company has made my life so much better. And it's our good friends at uh, Linode. Not Linode, yeah. even though it looks like it. Linode, mm. but it's Linode because they uh, they give you, you you go there and you rent servers and uh, they give, host they give your you, website. They give you uh, they give you Linux. It, it, they give you Linux, uh, which is an operating system. Look, whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing support and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have eleven data centers worldwide, including their newest in Sydney, Australia, enterprise grade hardware. Uh, S3 compatible storage. So if you already have the infrastructure for uh, Amazon S3 storage, you could uh, you could just plug it right in, do it at Linode, uh, and their next generation net- network. You can get started today with the twenty dollar credit for listeners of the talk show, and you get access to native SSD storage, a forty gigabit network, industry leading processors, their revamped cloud manager, which is great. This is where I host Daring Fireball now. Love their little uh, dashboard, whatever you want to call it, the cloud manager. Uh, I seldom need to do anything there, but when I do. It is easy and obvious to find what you need. You get root access to your own server, and they have an API uh, and a Python command line interface to manage your infrastructure if you're if you're into that. They've they've renamed their five dollar a month plan. It's called the Nanode plan. Get it? It's like Node because it's Linode and Nano because it's small and five bucks a month. But it's a totally credible host hosting account you a lot of people and a lot of websites could do just fine on this five dollar a month plan jason snell runs his whole operation off that uh that linode it's he runs an entire an entire broad-ranging cultural podcast network all on linode it's crazy it's Mm -hmm. a great company great service use this marco arment marco arment does that he runs all his business off there sure all times he wants to complain about keyboards that's all linode you just spin it right up whatever you want right all the the whole uh uh whole overcast uh, network full of servers and crawlers and all that stuff. Anyway, use this promo code talk show 2020 T A L K S H O W 2020. When you create a new Linode account and you'll get that $20 credit towards your next project. And one last thing they're hiring, go to Linode.com slash careers to find out more. And just remember that code Linode.com. You go to, you can start by going to this. Now this is a little confusing. This is almost like a, hmm. like a little test. The code to get the 20 bucks is TalkShow2020. But the URL they want you to go to is linode.com slash the talk show. So go to okay. linode.com slash the talk show 
And then remember that code talk show 2020 saved 20 bucks four months free. Hmm. Uh, if they can't figure it out. If they can't figure that out, they don't deserve, they don't deserve one out. Yeah. I just literally used Apple pay and checked out. I'm done. They're on the way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to see a shipment from, uh, from uh, Nashville, New Hampshire. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, and you know too that you know I'm gonna, what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You get the, oh, 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 natural. I know what that is. I, you yeah. know, I'm going to get off the show and I'm going to order myself another pair, and then I'm going to find them. At I, least one. No, you know At what? I'm, I'm going to find them as soon as I take the new pair out and put them on and sully them, you know, and take them out of mint condition. And now it'll bother me forever that I've that I don't have a that my spare pair isn't in mint condition either. Just don't don't. Don't sit on it because my, my concern – I have to be honest with you. My concern – this is your show. My concern is that you will find these today. If you don't find yeah. these today, you're being gaslighted by somebody. I'm guessing probably your wife who yeah. I love. Um, but if you do find them, I don't want you to sit on this, John. Don't wait. This happened to me. This happened to me with, I want to say, the Nike Dynasty. Oh, and you know, it just suddenly occurred to me. What if, what? What if the listeners of the show – what if there's a run on them? Oh, geez, Louise. I got you know that what? had not even occurred. Oh no! This is this is why you always got to buy the domain name right off the dome. You got to right. just go get it. Right. Oh man, is there a, okay? So if it's not Amy Jane, is there a chance the contractor stole your slippers? Be honest. Maybe I, they just took one of them and hid the other one. I, it's you know <laughs> really it has to with you. has to be a possibility. You know, uh-huh. I wouldn't rule be. it out, Sherlock. I would, yeah. I would. I would. I would. Don't sit on this, John. Get some more. And you know what? Treat yourself. You go. To, you go to Zappos. I want to thank Zappos. You go to Zappos or similar. And you pick you up some professional Crocs. Now, here's my tip. You'll be able to use this in sports mode. The other nice thing about the Croc is you want to get them a little big. You don't want them to be too tight. But just give them a spin. Maybe you can use them for shower shoes. You can take off your slippers, put on your... Or if you want to do a shift at the hospital, now you have a professional shoe. It's a Croc. Hey, you know what? Uh, Hmm. I often think about this. Slippers have me thinking about it, but... uh... The, the purchases in my life that dollar for dollar I would consider the, the best purchases I've ever made. Mm-hmm. Some of them are big ticket items. Uh, we bought a uh, we bought an Acura back in uh, 2006 and still has our car. We don't really do a lot of driving. Mm-hmm. Now, we what is it, 13 years old? Dollar for dollar, one of the best purchases we've ever made. Uh, just the car just runs. It never gives us any trouble. Couldn't be better. Also... Sometimes it'll be something that I spend, you know, like a buck or two on. Now, look, I put this link there in the uh, in the iMessage for you. It's a little coffee okay. filter. You you were talking about this pour over thing. This mm-hmm. is. Uh, do you know how to make coffee like this with this little pour over thing? You grind up um, your beans. You put a. It's like a conical filter. You you put in there. You well, boil some water. I think I don't know if you sent the right link. Um, I are you talking about like where you've got like you're talking about like a European style cone filter and you you, you yeah. fold over the edges and stick it in the dingus. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, what we do. That's what we do. That's the only way we roll. Uh, well, I just put it. I, you sure you don't see this link? I, it's a little, uh, it says little... it just takes me to Amazon.com. Huh. I might be getting a different internet than you. Are you using Tor? <laughs> Are you using Tor? Is this the dark, is it the dark I'm web? It's the dark web. Okay. All right. There's don't mess around with that stuff, Joe. That's a picture of it. Uh, it that that's, looks ex- Yes, Melita. Melita, baby. That looks exactly like the one that I bought. Do you go with the number two or the number four? I go number four. And every once yep. in a while... Make I... sure you really read what it says, because I've accidentally gotten a number two, and oh, that's yeah. not enough for daddy. I like to really load that thing up. Well, it makes... And it makes a mess, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, you got beans or uh, grounds going over the edge, you know, oh, and then yeah. they get in your coffee. That's no way to live. It's no yeah. way to live. 
Anyway, I bought this thing. Mine looks exactly like this. It is also black. It is just a piece of plastic. This one on Amazon is $13, which seems ridiculously expensive. The problem is if you want a number four, they make you buy the pot with it. Yeah. This is a number two. This this link is a number two. Yeah, but if you want the number four, which is the baller model, I think they they make you buy a pot with it. Now you you got a pot you're not using. Unless you like a pot. I put it right in the mug. I'm going to drink it now. I don't want it later. You know, and some people, it's the same style of making coffee that the the, the Chemex... does and you know that's very you know i don't know those things are like 100 bucks or something and they're very nice a little cute little cute for me i i got this at a local coffee shop here in philadelphia Mm -hmm. it's it was absolutely without question either 1998 or 1999 so we're talking Mm -hmm. i've had this thing for 20 years i have made i was thinking about it and I, i i'm convinced i only spent about four bucks on it it and it looks like four bucks right it's just a little piece of pvc plastic right yeah I've made, I'm trying to think how much coffee I've made for myself with this exact same thing in 20 years. I That's going to make you feel old if you think about it too much. But these do, they last forever. They're fantastic. I feel like I make coffee at least 300 times a year. Okay. I mean, maybe there's 60 days where I either... Are you the primary coffee maker in your home? Oh, you, uh, Amy doesn't really drink coffee. She'll, she'll, oh, so you, you, you are literally Mr. Coffee. She will drink coffee-related beverages, you know, like... Uh, you know, like uh, get get some kind of frappuccino or some kind of thing if she's out and about. And in the summertime, she often enjoys a, uh, a cold brew coffee. Love an iced coffee. I love yeah. an iced coffee whenever we're whenever we're in uh, New England where they got Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. You go in and get you you. It's hot in the summertime. You go on the beach. You get you one of those large large ass uh, iced coffees. Oh brother! Twenty years. Figure three hundred times a year I make coffee. That's six thousand times I've made coffee with this thing. Hmm. And I think I spent four bucks on it, and it still yeah. looks bright, looks as good as new. There's so many things like that. I mean, like Syracuse, uh, as always, because he's how he is, is on this ongoing quest to find the spatula that he wants, oh, and the I cheese know. grater that he wants, oh. and and that's the thing though is like we have this one Cuisinart like uh, I say spoon, but it's like a serving spoon that we accidentally stole from a potluck at my kid's preschool, <laughs> and we I still use it every single day. And you got to try. This is what's it's the it's the slippers all over again. Yeah. You don't want to be without when once you've bonded yeah. with your coffee dingus. I yeah. sent you the clever coffee dripper, large eighteen ounces. And I'll tell you what I love about this. It's it's very similar to here. And I'm not trying to upgrade you here. You're already going to be blown a lot of dough on Crocs today. So the clever coffee dripper, large eighteen ounces. You put you a number four in there, and you know what? There's a reason those crimps are on there. People use them. You fold over the crimp. Fold the crimp on the bottom. Fold the crimp on the side. I know you don't think you need it. That, that's privilege. Yeah. You need to fold the crimps. You put it into the dingus. You put in your coffee, okay? Now, it comes with this little uh, coaster that you put it on. You don't really need it, but yeah. it is hygienic, right? Yeah, now, you, you put in your coffee, and now here's what you're going to do. You're going to pour. You don't have to be a weirdo about this. You're going to pour. I, I do boiling water from a Cuisinart pot. Thank you to Cuisinart. And then you very slowly, it should take you almost 30 seconds to pour it in, and you're stirring, stirring, stirring if you have good coffee it's going to get a little foamy and then when it's you said it sit for a while you can put the lid on if you're fancy then you know what you do you put that right onto your mug it accommodates most mug sizes and then that little plunger goes boop gets pushed up and now your coffee is 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 going uh it's had time to sit there and bloom as they say that's what makes the foam it's called blooming that's how you know if it's fresh that goes into your mug, and then you rinse it out. Rinse it out. Don't wait. Don't don't sit on that either. No. Rinse this. Out. Get the Crocs and rinse this out. Don't wait. 
it will get filmy. And if you try to use a cleaner on it, you might strip it. Yeah, that's why I like the black one. Then you can't you can't really stain the black one. But see, this it's clear true. one to me looks like something that would get stained. It's so there's so many like wonderful small pleasures in life. I was trying to think of things like this for me, and like, like apart from the Cuisinart thing, we stole again. I'm so sorry to my daughter's preschool cooperative preschool that we stole that. That was wrong of us not to return it. I owe you an amends. Is it stealing if it was an accident? I don't think it's stealing unless it's intentional. That is that's in the federal code. And what's the obligation to to you know? There's that's, some that's a, that is a fantastic. Your, your wife, if memory serves, your wife is a lawyer. You should ask her. I think yeah. the term they use is malice aforethought. Did you intend to steal the Cuisinart spoon at the Playmates Cooperative Preschool? It is called Playmates, by the way. And and um, so anyway, um, there are so many joys. The first one that popped in my mind, of course, are the new AirPods, which are costly. They don't fit your model of being. Uh, you know, potentially uncostly, but it's so true. There's so much crap that you can blow money on in this life that will not make you happy. Right. And there's so much stuff where like you find yourself clinging to this thing that actually really works. I mean, I'll tell you what, man, invest, invest in some good screwdrivers. You can get a set of screwdrivers on this. I, I know this sounds random, right? But if you go, I can, I'll send you a link. You can go and get this set of screwdrivers you can have it delivered in two hours to your house, and that those screwdrivers are going to – they're so sharp, well-made. They don't pop. Like if you're a clown in a basement trying to strangle a guy, it's not going to break on you. Like these are really nice screwdrivers. And then what you do is you get you a magnetizer demagnetizer, and that's this thing right here. Mm-hmm. You ever have one of these? No, I don't think you so. You run your screwdriver almost like you're, you're honing a knife. You run the end of your screwdriver through the magnetizer. And it magnetizes. What kind of black magic is that? You could just turn. You're turning a non-magnetic screwdriver into a temporarily magnetic screwdriver. Is what well, you're saying? You can do. hang on to your slippers because then over here on the other side is a demagnetizer, and you can demagnet if you chose to. If you decide you don't want to live the magnetic uh, screwdriver lifestyle, then you go over here and you go shk, shk, real creepy like. And then that takes the magnet off the, uh, off the blade. They call it blades on a screwdriver. Here's what I'm telling you, though. Don't suffer with using a dime on a standard <laughs> head. Don't suffer with, with using, like, a, a leather man that you stole from the preschool. <laughs> you know, if you're going to have a go roll Phillips head, if you're going to be changing the batteries on your ring doorbell, you're going to want a really sharp screwdriver because gravity is working against you, John. And you want the the magnetic tip, obviously. I mean, I shouldn't have to spell it out, but that's 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 that keeps, because gravity. It yeah. keeps it keeps the screw. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't lose the screw. It'll it'll just stay connected to the tip of the screwdriver. Latest present I sent to John Syracuse. I hope he doesn't mind me saying. Um, I, I just sent him a headlamp because I think he needed a headlamp. He's been you know he's been preparing the way for his computer and spends a lot of time oh, on his right, back worrying right. about his cables. I just I'm telling you, get a headlamp. And and I'll tell you what I told John Syracuse. Once it's like having a space pen. It's like, it's like having a field notes. Once you have a headlamp, you first, you go, why would I need a head headlamp? I'm not, I'm not a minor. I'm not a minor or like, a, I'm not like, like a peeping Tom. Why would I need this? Yeah. Well, guess what? Once you got it, you're going to find ways to use it. Take it out the trash. Of course, you're going to put on your headlamp, but take off your slippers and put on something different. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, get uncomfortable here. Let's. Did get you have in. anything else about slippers that I should know about? I've no, ordered those. Those will be coming from Nashville any day now. No, that's it. That's it. I'm telling you, I'm done with slippers. I'll close the book. Thirty six minutes. Yeah. Um, I, I think we got to talk about this uh, DOJ versus Apple iPhone encryption thing, mm-hmm. which it really, really feels like deja vu all over again. 
right? It, it feels like, and I like looked it up like to refresh my memory about the San Bernardino, which mm-hmm. I always spell wrong, by the way. I always yeah. want to spell it San Bernardino. I, it sounds that. like a nickname. It seems like his name is St. Bernard, yeah. but they're like Bernardino. Yeah, there's an extra R in there that I... I, there, that I was a, wasn't that around Christmas one year? When yeah. When that guy was like a disgruntled government war. I mean, I don't yeah, know. He came, it, it, well. it, yeah, he came in. And again, I don't mean to make light of it, but he, he, they... No. The, the, it was I, horrible. It was horrible. T- I think it was a man and a woman that came in and shot up a Christmas party or something like that. Oh, I do, I do believe it was a holiday party. Uh, but anyway, I do think I, if if I may be so bold, I would just say for those of you, if if you are a listener from the San Bernardino area, I would I would consider maybe going to a city hall meeting and suggesting that that the city remove that R. You know, think about it. Oh, okay. Fool me once, you know. Shame on uh, shame yeah. on you. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's it's, 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 uh, it's so horrible. But man, what a what a dilly of a pickle this puts Apple in. So with the San Bernardino case, it was still the Obama administration, and and what they wanted, uh, and they the, the FBI came out of that looking really bad. I kind of forgot how it ended, but basically, with an encrypted iPhone, you uh, there's no magic way to decrypt it. Apple, just, you can't just go to the Genius Bar and uh, mm-hmm. you know they do something, and all of a sudden you're in the phone. It used to work that way, right? In the old days, it was just you know. Uh, you know your 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 passcode was sort of a uh, a suggestion, not really. But they they but they had a big red button that they could click to override it. Yeah, don't you remember? I remember like troubleshooting phones. You could do it like with iTunes. You could just connect an iPhone to iTunes and like I forget if you could get the access the contents, but you could at least put a new operating system on it. Anyway, what the government wanted Apple to do was because um, the other thing is there's there's the uh, the ten guests lock, and if you and and right. like after you make five guesses that are wrong, it it'll lock you out for thirty seconds or something like that. And then your next guess is wrong, you're locked out for five minutes. And then by the time you get to the tenth bad guess, you can optionally have your phone configured to uh, like erase itself. But in uh, the meantime, even if you hand it to like a baby to play with, if they get to eight, I don't I don't know the math on this, but like it, it can be an astronomically yeah. long wait time that you're just there's. They can't fix that. They don't want to be able to fix that. Right. So what they what the government wanted Apple to do was to create a new version of Opera of iOS just for them that they would install on this locked phone that would remove that passcode checking, and so that on this you know suspect's phone, then they could hook it up to one of those robots that that cycles mm-hmm. through passcode guesses and um, you know get into the phone that way and apple's response was more or less that they don't you know it it seemed like an inner it's an interesting technical dilemma that it seems like that was possible it was something apple could do um but it was something apple did not want to do they did not want to create a version of ios that was in any way less secure than the regular one it's just you know it's like taking your slippers outside you just don't want to break the mm-hmm. seal on ever having you know i mean what a weird ask it would be like you know, for and it's. Tim- I mean, to use an overused phrase, it is. It is actually a dangerous precedent to set, right? In my, at least in my, in my view, I'm not. I don't mean to sound like I'm like pro gun shootings, right? <laughs> not really quite the opposite, but like once, like okay, well, and I'll have more to say when you're, we're done with this. But like, yeah, I mean, like there's there's a reason that doors have locks, and like once you start, once you give somebody the key that lets you in, you are literally opening the door. Mm-hmm. 
Well, anyway, with the, the San Bernardino case in 2016, it turned out the FBI was able to get in without Apple's help through some hmm. sort of... Uh, like Celebrite or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it was That's Celebrite. That's what they just did but, on the Lev Parnas phone, I think. Um, is it Celebrite? Or yeah, maybe. There's a couple of these companies. I know a couple is of them. Company, isn't there a company in Israel that yeah. makes the one that all the sheriffs buy? Yeah, and it's supposedly, you know, like the, the, the Cadillac of uh, iPhone crackers. Uh so they got in without Apple's help, and are they, I'm just out of curiosity: Are they using exploits to do that, or what? Is I the, guess what is the I honestly don't know. I think that I think I, I'm fascinated by it, and whenever mm -hmm. I see a news story about it, I'm always left thirsting desperately for tell me how this happened. How what is this something I can defend against? Should I be worried about yeah, it? I want I want how, the companies to tell me how they're doing this, but I also, as we mentioned in text a little bit, I would like also I would love it if Apple got to a point where they were comfortable. Uh, articulating yeah. uh, what it is that they're what I, it is that they can and can't do will and won't do so I, if they literally can't do it I, I would like to know what they literally can't do i think it's a, a multi-factor i think one of the factors is that a lot of the reporters who are writing about this for mainstream publications you know like the new york times or the washington post that they themselves aren't curious about the technical details like to them it's good enough to know that the government wants to quote get into the phone you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's it. They, they don't need the specifications of the battering ram. They just want to be able to use it. I also think that the companies like Celebrite that do this, it's in their interest not to disclose how they do it. You know, they mm -hmm. obviously are keenly aware of the exact technical details of how how they're doing it, but they don't want to let it out um, because, you know, it's, it's competition and I guess... You yeah, know, it's, it's, the, it's the equivalent of a trade secret, probably. Right. And it's a cat and mouse game with Apple, where when Apple discovers one of these things, you know, one of these ex exploits that lets them get in, they close it as best they if they can. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it, Apple considers them all security vulnerabilities, whether it's criminals who are using them to get into a phone or whether it's law enforcement who are trying to get into a phone to gather evidence, Apple just consider all Apple sees is that it's a security hole. So anyway, now in this Pensacola place, uh, shooter, uh, this guy who shot up a, a, a Navy yard. So he's apparently got two phones. I, I don't know if he's like a day phone, night phone. I don't know, but there's a couple of phones. The, the FBI wants to get in. They apparently can't get in. Whatever they did the last time isn't letting them in. And they want Apple to help. And uh, a, a lady from the FBI wrote a letter, an open letter to Tim Cook. And uh, and now uh, the Attorney General of the United States, this William Barr fellow. Uh, He's uh, quite a ball player. Yeah. I, I'm starting to think he may not be entirely on the up and up, to be honest. But that's it's neither here nor well, there. Well, I mean, let's let's not let's not go crazy. But he def he definitely seems <laughs> to be compromised in his own way somehow. But he he's publicly I'm not called, sure whose side he's on. Sometimes. He was at some kind of press event and and you know at a lectern and and publicly called on uh, on uh, Apple Tim Apple Tim mm -hmm. Apple to to let him in. Uh, it's it seems to me, and I I've talked to. Uh, some people, you know, I haven't talked mm -hmm. to anybody like high level at Apple, but it seems to me that basically I believe Apple doesn't even really know what the government wants them to do. That that help us get into the phone is the level of detail that the Department of Justice has given them so far. It's just just yada, yada, yada. It's just dot, 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 you know, and I think that it's it's just a facile is is am I pronouncing that word right? Facile, mm -hmm. facile, yeah. facile. 
-hmm. I think it's just a very facile, superficial assumption that, and I even saw somebody on TV saying this, that of course Apple can, you, do you really think it's, you know, somebody was saying like, yeah, the gist of the argument was, do you really think that Apple's, Apple's holding out that they're being disingenuous about the ability to do, to do this? Do you really think that the company that has total control over the phone and designs every component and it has a hundred billion dollars in the bank that they can't get into a phone? Uh, and, and, Speaking and, of, I mean, that is the skeleton key for every argument is, well, they've got all this money. Of course, they can do literally anything. It's like, well, that's not how money or companies work. It, you know, I, 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 I get that that might be – it's not an unreasonable solution, right? Like I, I think like, you know, talking about like cars and stuff like that, like if, uh, you know, if you take your car in for service and the uh, – the dashboard uh, is giving you like, hey, you, you know, there's a B2 uh, check engine error and you don't know what this B, B2 is. You take it into the car dealer. You just assume that, that they know how to stick, you know, something in that diagnostic port and reset mm-hmm. it, right? You just assume that they can get in. I can see how you might assume that Apple can get into a phone, but they've really designed it not to be. I, I really don't think that they have the capability that they're being asked to do. I, I, well, I'll, I'll say on the thing I'm sure of is that I hope that's the case. Um, the thing I'm less sure of is if it is the case. And um, you, first of all, I mean, <laughs> there's there's the the experience um, of a modern Apple Store visit. There's some commonalities. One thing is you will interact with no fewer than seven people in red shirts who ask you if. <laughs> <laughs> why you're there and what's happening. It's a complicated place. The other thing is um, a surpassing amount of time. There will be somebody there, often an older person, who is asking for help because they've, they, they don't know their password. They lost their password. Something, something came along. And you know, regardless of however that happened, you will probably at some point in your Apple Store visit um, get to see a very sad thing, which is when the Apple employee at the store has to tell them, I don't have a way to do that. Like here, here are your options for doing that. It's really almost, it becomes, I feel like almost more like counseling, which is like, oh my God, you know, all my grandparents, all my grandkids photos were on this. What do I do? It's like, well, back up last year, yeah. you know, but like it's, everybody's been through it. My mom, I remember my mom um, lost her, her visor uh, in, in the two thousands. And this is back before we had all, well, not all, some of us had really gotten the, gotten the uh, gospel about backup and you know and let's be honest i mean like you're talking about you're talking about the handspring visor handspring visor that had all i mean she that was her her life that was had become her contact book it was and it was gone gone daddy gone so okay on the one hand we've all had that and we've all certainly i mean i have i have my frustrations with how this stuff works i mean i feel like ios 13 in so many ways is a huge leap forward Having that integrated password management, letting me use one password to get into stuff. I won't say there's no excuse for getting better at this stuff, but there's fewer great excuses. You still run into it where you will occasionally have to put in a really crazy password. You get this with your, your bank sites, all the security theater sites. But let's just say, for what it's worth, and I know your listeners know this, is that things, things have gotten um, a lot better on that front. It's not something that everybody knows how to do. And you see that when you're at the Apple store and that comes along. Um, I, I'm, uh, I, I put something in the note to share, which is a really good CGP gray video. Love his stuff. Yeah. Um, and what is the name of the video? It's a very short video like his videos are. Um, and it is called, should all locks have keys? 
Ah. Phones, castles, encryption in you. And um, I'm going to be somewhat unintentionally probably cribbing some of what he said there or yeah. what, what anybody says anywhere, which is the, the when we talk about the precedence for these things, I don't think you – you're not – what's your – you know, you love that Upton Sinclair quote about uh, – Hard, hard uh, to make Actually, a- I finally wrote it down so that I would always get it right. Um and the quote is right here. Oh, got Stacker Pentecost, Nick Fury. Yes. <laughs> he said, um, I, used to, I used to say to our audiences, it is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends upon his not understanding it. Um, and and I, this is not, I'm just, I'm, I'm just stating a fact here. Like, even if you set aside confirmation bias, even if you set aside things like the potential for things like corruption or, you know, for... Uh, bad faith. Uh, it's the 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 police or law enforcement in general has a job to do, and they are going to like any of us seek out the things that make their job less difficult, and try to reject or amend the the things. You know, they're gonna they're gonna want to try to find the things that let them do what they need to do. There's not going to be a day, in the same way that there's no there's going to be very few presidents that come along and say, "Wow, the creep in the amount of executive power is really out of hand. To right. Take some of my power away." Like that. That's not how life works. And so, like my my concern, I, I don't mean to be all fud about this. My concern is that like you can always come up with a problem or a folk devil du jour that will allow you to make a case to the public that there needs to be a fewer fewer rights and a more permissive approach toward letting people in positions of authority get more power and use it. And I, I don't think that's particular to the FBI. I don't think that's particular to anybody. A school principal will follow that same um, idea. But it's just that, well, it used to be terrorism. Yeah. And then uh, recently it's become pedophiles yeah. or it's shootings. Well, why, you know, why fix the shootings if we can get into your phone? What? Like you're I mean, it, what you're what you're trying to say here is like now that we have a precedent for doing this and everybody I mean, there's nobody out there who's like, oh, yeah, let's you know, let's go go protect these people who are a, a literal danger to the public. Um, it's just uh, my my concern, and I might be concerned for only here, but my concern is that, like, well, wait a minute, doors should have locks. We shouldn't let everybody have the key, and we should, in fact, be suspicious of the people who have all the keys because what is what is their obligation to make a case for how that is being used? And I, I know you don't like to get political on here, but, like, there's there are laws that we come up with that end up being used primarily to target certain populations. There's this whole class of like in San Francisco, obviously, like it's we have this homeless problem where you you get you see you see why is it so many black people get pulled over for speeding, <laughs> and then that that becomes like the way that you have this wedge to like further invade their life. And I just I don't think it's pure concern trolling to say that like. Uh, I, I I applaud Apple for living up to the standard, the high bar that they've set for themselves. And I don't think it's a great precedent to say, well, if it's a really super bad guy, because that's not it's not just going to be used for super bad guys. Right. And once you give those keys over, it's it's going to get used for increasingly more trivial things until you just accept that that's part of the authoritarian regime that we all seem destined for right because there was even a i forget who it was if it was the nsa or i think it was the nsa who had a uh a rootkit leak out you know that they had they you know that the nsa is in the business of building their own malware to use in 
you know, spying on, on foreign governments. Yeah, they, they've got all the good exploits. Yeah. And one of them got out, you know, and started floating around, you know, as we were talking about the dark web, you know, stuff like that mm -hmm. can happen, you know. It, it, there is no, and, and the other thing that gets me as we as we talk around this issue in circles is it seems like everybody has come to the agreement now. Like we've 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 not everybody, but we've gotten most people on both sides of the issue to agree that a quote unquote back door is a bad idea. And so yeah. you find them making this argument: we don't want a back door; we just want a way to get in. And it's like. But a mm -hmm. back window? I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Right. Like, you, you're agreeing that the term is dangerous. Sem semantics, the semantics are not the issue. Right. It's, it's, and, and again, I mean, I'm, not, I mean, I'm even assuming goodwill. It's just that this is, this is how it works. Like, if you, if you say, well, this particular nail is driving me crazy, I need a bigger hammer, you're going to start using that on every nail. Yeah. And it's a tough spot for Apple. It was, it was a tough spot mm -hmm. four years ago. Uh, it's a tough spot now because, you know, they... It, it, I just linked to a Bruce Schneier piece saying exactly what you did, uh, you know, that, that the new, you know, that there's always an effort to scare people into making encryption illegal. Into handing over more of their rights and freedom right. in the interest of uh, nominally being made more secure and by the people who are meant to protect us. People do have an emotional reaction to terrorists and pedophiles, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, these, these terrorists. That's totally how it should be, you know, <laughs> in my view. And they, you should have that reaction. They take these, you know, they, they're not picking these cases randomly. You know, like it's not like. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a test case. Like, like when you remember, want to get something to the Supreme Court, you, you find the most sympathetic case you can to try and get a law changed. Right. Like the, just, yeah. the one that's always frustrated, always frustrated me was that goofy shoe bomber back in uh, almost 20 years ago and now oh people God. still have to take their goddamn shoes off at the airport but the guy didn't he, he was such a uh he was a dingling he's a ding dong he really was he <laughs> he didn't even do it right it no was, he, he was just like he, it was like an snl bit he just and had like, like he a, didn't succeed he had like a couple of bottle rockets taped to his sneakers you know well not to be all cory doctor here but like let me understand this right i can't have more than three ounces of liquid okay and so what do they do with the liquid that is so potentially dangerous they throw it in a barrel with all the other <laughs> deadly liquid in the airport there isn't a hazmat it's like 2319 and like the monsters inc people run in and like and you know and shave you and, and throw this into some kind of containment facility and blow it up off premises oh no just throw it in there with all the other deadly liquids it's just on the face of it is insane yeah well, you know, but that's the it's where we are, and now we've got the president of the United States. Now, it so Apple's uh, it, so on the, aside from the encryption angle, there's also the recent story of you know from a couple of weeks ago, where Apple invited uh, the president of the United States to tour the the, the assembly plant. In Are you talking about the uh, Texas facility that he personally opened that day? Yeah. The one yeah. that they've been making Mac Pros at for years, and we're wow. clearly potato, intending. potato, John. Right. Uh, and I wrote about this, and and I I really think that I, I get. I'm not. Some people have a are, are so viscerally uh, opposed to it that that they're just outraged. I'm not outraged by Apple's willingness to do this, but I do think it was. I, I and I get what Tim Cook was thinking. I think you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But I do think it was a mistake. Especially I'm not going to mention Oscar guy. Schindler because that's not a good example. <laughs> the right. opening of that wonderful movie where he's whining and dining all of these guys that he doesn't like because that's what he needs to do to get the contracts. It's business. That's what people do. They, they, have to, they have to have relationships with people in power 
to, on, at the very least, keep them from harming their company and in an ideal circumstance, give them advantages over other companies. Now, you know I don't do impressions, but I'm going to read. This is Trump's tweet the other night. I think it's from two nights ago on this Apple iPhone thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, will try to, I will try to emphasize where he's used all caps. Okay. We are helping Apple all of the time on trade and so many other issues, and yet they They're refuse. Very strongly. <laughs> And yet they refuse to unlock phones used by killers, drug dealers, and other violent criminal elements. They will have to step up to the plate and help our great country with a capital C. Now! Exclamation mark. Make America great again. Yeah. Like, I'm okay. not sure we'll do. if the make America great again is part of his... Uh, that that would be part of making America great again would be if Apple would start unlocking phones used by killers and drug dealers and other violent criminal elements, or if he just tacked on, uh, you know, like campaign slogan. Yeah. While, while, I, you I, know. Wish I, I wish I had a Safari extension that would just change every use of make America great again to Hakuna Matata. You know, pound yeah. sign, Hakuna Matata. It's just, it seems, it seems like extremely random. But this, to me, was easily foreseeable. Is, is he's got now millions of people, and millions of people are going to read that, and probably at least dozens of thousands of them are going to be incensed that this company that, that Dear Leader is helping so uh, strongly is, um, is working at cross-purposes with the elected agenda. Does, does it put Apple in a worse spot politically that they've that now Trump thinks that they owe him. Mm -hmm. I, I think it does a little, probably not so a part, lot. Part of, it's part, of it, part of it's potentially just, at least just optics. Yeah. So if, mm -hmm. if Apple had taken a different strategy in the Trump administration, and at, at least in the last few years, uh, you know, let's say from 2017 onward, once we saw it, in, or I guess it would be 2018 onward, right? 2017 was the year he, he took office. Uh, and kept more of an arm's length distance from him. Uh, you know, for example, you don't really see you don't see Jeff Bezos palling around with Trump at at uh, factories and stuff like that. Maybe that's a bad example. I don't know, but because he <laughs> well, there's, there's, there is the Washington Post problem, right? That's you yeah. know definitely part of it. Um, but I I do think I think that this sort of thing was easily foreseeable. That now. Uh, you know, I think probably fairly, Tim Cook saw the deal as transactional too. That there's these tariffs that for Chinese, you know, components coming in from China that were going to make iPhones significantly more expensive. And they got some kind of an accommodation in the run up to the right. holiday season, didn't they? Yeah, they got an accommodation so that they're the 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 iPhones coming into the country are exempt from these tariffs. And so they got that that they wanted. Trump uh, years ago, when he first came into office, helped push through the law to get the uh, the foreign money in foreign banks. You know, like when Apple makes money selling phones in Europe, it, they'd put it in a bank in Ireland, and it just was oh, right, right, right. summing up there. They got to repatriate that money uh, at a lower tax fee or something. You know, that they didn't have to mm -hmm. pay tax on it twice. Uh, they got the tariffs listed, and and I feel like he thought so. Fair's fair. I'll let him, you know, because because he is so he appears to be so purely transactional right. in, in how he looks, and he loves deals. He's he's president deals. So we'll we'll have you know we'll have a, a dog and pony show at our Austin plant. I'm mm -hmm. sure the least surprised person in the entire world that Tim Cook or, or that that 
Donald Trump seemed to take credit for opening the factory was Tim Cook. I mean, it was mm-hmm. easily predictable. He loves then, a parade. And then I feel like, you know, well, that's it. Done's done. You know, wash your hands. You know, now we're done with this guy. We got our tariffs lifted. We let him have a campaign event at our plant and, and celebrate the, you know, the, the fact that Apple is uh, making these <laughs> $25,000 personal computer workstations in Texas. Um, but it's never, you're never done with this guy, right? Like mm-hmm. in Trump's mind, Apple, st- Apple owes him big time. And now every, every person, every person who works with him or appears to work with him eventually becomes the giving tree. Right. And you're going to, you, you, if you're lucky, you'll be a stump that he can sit on eventually. Who was it? Was it David? Fer- no, it wasn't David Fahrenheit, but it was one of the folks on political Twitter that had that thread, like dozens of tweets thread that was like, if you work with Donald Trump, he will humiliate you. Yeah. It was just story after story of yeah. people. I mean, look at look at that that dingling Matt Gates, and how like just he's been so in the bag for all the weirdest Trump stuff for years and years, and now uh, he just he wasn't loyal enough right. when it came to the his public statements on Iran, and he wrote a probably ill advised email, like a dear colleague ish letter, and. Uh, and now he's tearing the guy apart. He's been one of his most loyal supporters since this whole debacle started, ever since the holiday party. Yep. And um, but he wasn't loyal enough, and he was not publicly loyal enough, and that that drives the man insane because I, it, now he looks he looks like he got beaten in the he looks like he didn't decisively. Um, you know what? Never mind. I, I don't want to get into it, but like it, it really does kind of. When I say the giving tree, you know what I mean, right? It's like he's gonna he's gonna whittle down. He's gonna get every piece of bark, every leaf, every bit of sap. He's gonna get everything he can out of all the people in his life. And if for a second they say like, "Oh, is it cool if I, you know, get to, get to keep a limb so I can hug my kid?" <laughs> he's gonna throw him under the tree bus. All right, let's take a break here. I'm gonna hold that yeah. thought. I'm gonna come back to uh, it. But uh, uh, it's making me sad, John. All right, Hope these slippers come soon. I'll tell you what. Happy. Here, I'll tell you what'll cheer you up. Squarespace. All right. Oh, Square! Are, are there still people that don't have Squarespace sites? I don't know, but they they should. Uh, Maybe they just really super like your show. I, I think everybody should have a Squarespace. You site. can start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code Talk Show at checkout, and you'll get ten percent off. T a l k s h o w. When you check out, you get ten percent off. But you don't need to pay today. You mm-hmm. can start with a thirty day free trial. Use it. It's unlimited. There's no. Uh, it's not like training wheels or there's no watermark on your site that says that it's, it is the real deal. It's the full square space. You get to try it. You don't it. get the word cheap, cheapskate diagonally across the no, page. Okay. Nothing All like right. that. Right. Uh, sites, all of their sites look professionally designed and you can set them up and configure it regardless of your skill level. No coding retired if required. If you don't know the difference between CSS and JavaScript, you're fine. You'll be fine. If you do, if you know CSS, if you know JavaScript, you can get in there and code away to your heart's content to customize it that way if you want. Works both ways. It's completely non-technical, though, if you want it to be. Really intuitive, easy-to-use tools. You do it right in the browser itself. You go to squarespace.com. You get started. You don't need any apps or anything like that. You do it all in the web browser. You're working with your site live. It's like WYSIWYG to use a word that we that we sort of have gotten away from. What you see is what you get while you're configuring your Squarespace site. You see it right there in the browser. And then when you feel like it's ready, 
click a button and it's it there it is out in the world. Are you sure? Are you sure this is the case? Are you sure, you're pretty sure about this, right? I am very sure. Do I'm, you need to? Let me ask you a question. Do you need to go in and add a special uh, meta tag in the head so it works right on uh, <laughs> Internet Explorer? Is that a thing you need to do? No, no, you okay. do All not. Right. Well, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. What, what about what about if you want your table to look right? Do you have to use <laughs> separate CSS tags um, for every string of text inside of a TD? Is that a thing you need to do in Squarespace? Yeah. No. Nope. What about don't. what about John? What about what about a single pixel invisible GIF that you how can I explain this? You you make it different sizes so that things get spaced right on the page. Is that do they have a way to do that in the uh, interface? I I don't believe so. But, but okay. I, they All might. Right. Your they, site's going to look really weird. It's going to look really weird on Netscape. They might have a way to slice up an image map though, so that you can. Uh, okay, and then you would go it. in and like identify what you will comma separated uh, numbers like where, where, when you click here, do this. That yeah. you would do that in Squarespace, right? Exactly. Uh, okay. Anyway, you get if, if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name registration. That's that's soup to nuts. Everything you want to do from registering domain name, configuring the site, having it look great on mobile, stuff like that. So just go to squarespace.com slash talk show to get started. And when you do sign up, just remember that code. Same thing as the URL slug talk show, and you will save 10% off your first purchase. So do that. Take that year deal. That's like getting a couple months free and you get a free domain name. My thanks to Squarespace for their continuing support of the show. So I feel like the big there's a risk to Apple here. And right now it feels like uh, you never know with Trump. And you never know with politics, even Trump aside. You never know what's going to catch fire in in the the zeitgeist, right? Mm -hmm. But if this Pensacola shooter thing continues to be an issue, or if, if there's some other, you know, another high-profile uh, crime like that. And it, this could become part of Trump's stump speech. You know what I mean? This is like he gets up there at these uh, Red Hat rallies and, and mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and goes on and on. It, it could turn into, you know, one of his bits is, mm -hmm. is railing against Apple. And I feel like that's a legitimate risk to the company pu publicity-wise. It really, you know, and... and mm -hmm. And how important? Well, I mean, it's you know to use a an off color uh, famous Roger Stone joke. Uh, you don't want it to be your night in the barrel, right? And when it's something, what was that joke people say? Where like every day there's somebody who's the star of Twitter, and you don't want it to be you. You don't want to become. And I, I have to be honest. I do this really weird thing where I will watch his rallies, and it is it's amazing how much he says. Pretty much literally the same thing over and over. We uh, they want to take your guns. You know, we help veterans with choice, and you know none of it's true. Um, he doesn't understand. He doesn't appear to actually understand how a tariff works. He doesn't no. really. He actually seems to really believe, honestly, to believe that a tariff paid by Americans on products is making money from China, and that's not how tariffs do. And, but I, I, I totally hear you because even if, if you become caught in that particular lobster trap, and now you're the one that's part of his stump stump speech, and like he goes through this random random like sorting algorithm and lands on iPhones like you that will tarnish the reputation of the company just because now like he's just going to be saying the name of your company a lot it's yeah. it is it is i don't know what you do to mitigate that risk but i cuz cuz again here's how a bully works a bully works you don't capitulate to a bully even it's better to just keep getting beat up because when you capitulate to the bully you don't get bullied less they don't they don't have a file of facts where they figure out who's compliant in their beatings and lunch money handovers that a bully will just keep again go back to the giving tree they're going to whittle you down past the roots you're just going to become a, a bully hole 
what do you what do you think they should do? You sound like you have another thought on this. What, well, do, you, what do you think they should be doing differently, or should I, they be messaging differently? What should they agree I, or not agree to? I do? think that they've handled it pretty well. I mean, and they have to try to make the case as best they can that that you really you know, and it's you know, it's the harder side to argue. You know, the the side of let us in to these criminals' phones is a lot easier to argue in the public sphere where you can just hand hand wave over all the technical aspects of it, and the part where you explain how encryption true encryption really means that apple can't just get into the phone because that's actually the way it's designed it, it's a tough argument to make because it is mathematically very complex i i mean i'm i'm pretty good at math and i uh, know how to program computers and i i get i get lost thinking about how you know serious encryption works like how how it's mathematically provable that if there mm-hmm. aren't any bugs in the implementation that the you know it would take you know uh, 77 years to to uh to unlock the phone or something like that or thousands of years i guess in some cases um that's a hard argument to make you know especially against uh opponents like the attorney general and the president who are making 10 second arguments let us in these are bad people right and then mm-hmm. you, you're left doing it. I don't know. I, I, I think they've handled it very well. And I think it's, it, you know, to their credit, they, they've been very, very consistent about this over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't, I, don't, I, uh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's that you have to, there are so many trade-offs in life and in business. There's so many things you have to do or choose to do to look a certain way, but like, the part of the, this is a an asymmetric um, attack in so many ways, not in the security sense, but in the sense of Apple has uh, it's a real popular. They make a lot of real popular products that a lot of people use, um, but there aren't s- s- that many people, even who who love Apple a lot. Where how can I put this? He's got a big stick. He's got a very big stick and a, and a very bully pulpit yeah. from which he can speak. And that – and he's got – it's like I say, never fight a frat boy because, you know, they do it all the time and uh, they don't mind it. And so in this case – and yeah, well, f- f- frat boy or a bully, no offense to the wonderful fraternities of our country. <laughs> but like don't, 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 you know, wrestle with the pig. And in this case, like he's so game for that. He seems to rarely feel more alive yeah. than when he's defending himself against some perceived slight – and that is a primary reason, in my opinion, it's not really about economic anxiety. A lot of people don't feel like there's somebody being a, the bully for them no. to other people, to like, to, to like cause retribution against the perceived enemies in their life. And, and those get different names and uh, different, uh, different funny nicknames, but uh, people like him because they think he's a straight shooter who's looking out for them. Or maybe it's partly that I think that, I think we talked about this probably in previous episodes, but um, a lot of people in America just, are, they do see themselves as an aspirational character where they should be in a very different position in life except for all the things that are holding them back. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like Ayn Rand or something, but there are people who like see themselves as much as being much closer to a, a billionaire reality star than they do to, to the other people in their town who got laid off from the mine. Right. Mentally, they are just there's something that has kept them from having that same success. He speaks in a vernacular that really connects with them on an extremely emotional level. 
you know, the people like you that love sports and like have that association with family. It's this same idea of like, you've harmed my, these people have harmed my community. They've harmed my family. They've done all these things to me because they get to grow up thinking everything happens to them. And so when he, when he, what I'm trying to get at here is like, regardless of your feelings about Apple, if you get in the sights of that horrible man, it's going to make your life really, really rough. I think when you wonder what is happening in the Senate, what is happening in the Senate? I think that's it. I think I got they, a don't news alert. Have, they don't want to have their night in the barrel. I got a news alert while we were recording that apparently uh, apparently they're starting up the uh, the impeachment thing in the Senate right now yeah. today as as we speak. It's all the ceremonial stuff. Yeah, but you know, the Roberts isn't wearing the cool robe like Rehnquist has. No. Rehnquist is more theatrical. He's more of a Sondheim, Sondheim yeah. man or a Gilbert and Sullivan man, I think. Yeah, he really, did you? I was reading the other day. It was uh, for those who don't recall when when Bill Clinton was impeached in 1998. The Chief Justice then at the time was William Rehnquist, and he had he had uh, recently at some point in the 90s he had taken to uh, instead of just wearing a plain unadorned black robe. He had had some gold stripes embroidered on the shoulders. Yeah, he's almost got like some like some, sh- like some chevrons. Yeah, he looks like he looks like he's a part of some kind of uh, perhaps a death cult or at least a military tribunal. I, st- I, d- I just found out though recently it was like a a what to expect in impeachment reader, you know, and they were talking about that. I did not realize this at the time that uh, Rehnquist had tried to get his colleagues to similarly spruce up their robes, and uh, oh, John hmm. Paul Stevens. Uh, said no we're we're not going to do that i was under the impression at the time that what rehnquist wanted was for himself to this actually makes me i i I have a i have a knowing this story i actually have a, a better opinion of rehnquist and his robe i thought at the time that he wanted to emphasize that he was the chief justice and and sort of visually elevate himself oh, over his where it's colleagues. Like mortar, it's like mortar boards on a navy officer's uniform. That, yeah, you, that 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 was your thought on that. Yeah, you know that mm-hmm. the you know the general has more uh, more more medals on his uh, jacket than than a major. You know that mm-hmm. sort of thing. He wanted to lord it over the other justices. Rank. He's looking for rank. He's looking right. for rank. And the chief yeah. justice is a weird thing. Like you're not really a you know it, 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 you do get. You know some authority that the the associate justices don't, mm-hmm. but not a lot. You know you don't get like an extra vote or something like that. You know, <laughs> it's not Survivor, <laughs> right? No, um, you're right. He's not. He's not even like the squad leader or the den mother. Right. But now it's just more like you're the, admi- the administrative head. Now this, that I uh, found group. out though that he was encouraging his colleagues to similarly spruce up their their robes, I I, <laughs> I have to say I find that charming. I think that's delightful. <laughs> He was looking for a project. They get that, on this big, stern man. I mean, you know, uh, he really did. You know, I, I guess to some sense, uh, he you looks know, like Sam the Eagle a little bit. A little bit. He looks yeah. like you know, uh, I, he looks like what a post World War II twentieth century American Chief Justice of the Supreme Court should look like. You know, mm-hmm. he just had yeah. that look, and I really enjoyed the fact that he wanted, uh, you know, like to bedazzle his robe, and he wanted his <laughs> colleagues to as well. Uh, I bet it starts out simple. I start. I bet it starts out with like, uh, wife, uh, could you uh, uh, put some kind of like a, like a like a silk lining in this something? Uh, maybe a tasteful pattern. You know, and you just keep stepping it up until you look like Stephen Root in Idiocracy. Right. <laughs> oh, John. With this impeachment thing, uh, 
I do think I, I predicted, but I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's not a politics show, but mm-hmm. I predicted back in April that he was going to get impeached. And that was at a time when everybody was sort of saying uh, on the Democrat side, let's not impeach, let's not impeach, let's just, you know, go, let's just get him out. Let's try to get him out in the election, right? And mm-hmm. that, that, that this would be bad politics or whatever. Um, but I could see it coming. Uh, and that was, you know, and then with this whole Ukraine thing where it just sort of fell in the Democrats lap and it's like, how could you not impeach him? Um, well, yeah, it was, it was like kind of a four quadrant oopsie because it, it had just happened. There was something close to proof that it had happened. And then, then there was all kinds of ways they just kind of, they kind of bungled the, their ball handling right. in like committing to a story, story after story that for why this was okay or didn't happen that just kept increasingly falling apart until as recently like i'm not sure i'm going to put that much credibility in lev parnas i i think he, people can go a little little rachel maddow crazy on this like right. i would the guy the guy's obviously he's he's a human thumb and a very wide man and i i'm sure he's a very sweet man but like i would not put that much credibility in this guy who's on the hook for some serious serious stuff but we're not running out of evidence that something went seriously tits up with ukraine yeah i do think uh I, I, you know, my prediction as to how it's going to play out. I think it's pretty, pretty clear that the, the smart money is on the Republican Party sticking together, and uh, he'll he'll get acquitted. Now, for those mm-hmm. of you, who are, you know, it's probably world news, but you got to get a, a supermajority, which I believe requires sixty-seven votes. <laughs> um, so you got to get sixty-seven votes. It's very unlikely, I think, that mm-hmm. that you'd get enough. You know, even if all of the Democrats voted to impeach or, or convict the guy. Um, but I don't think, I, I, I think some people are, are, are cynically, they're, they're just so jaded and they just think there's 0% chance that they convict the guy. Uh, I think it's more, more complicated than that because I feel like his support is obviously very unified, but I think it is, it is very brittle. And that's why you mentioned before. A lot of people the, don't love being supporters. There are his hardcore folks in his thirty-something percent. But do you think the folks in the the like the classic conservative, like you know, red necktie conservatives, are that super excited about him? No. If he's not in power, or he's or he's waning in power, I don't know, man. I I I feel like that's why, and I I just can't emphasize how weird this is. Whether you are on the left side of politics or the right side of politics, it is very strange and unusual and unprecedented that the Republican Party accepts absolutely no criticism from within at all. None. It is complete mm-hmm. unified front. And I kind of feel like my gut feeling is that it has to be that way and that he, he knows it, McConnell knows it, that, that if there's any cracks in that support, it is, you know, it's like the dam breaks and then all, you know, who knows where we go? Like if all it takes yeah, is... Remember when we thought nothing would ever be bigger than MySpace? Remember yeah. when we were in MySpace before Facebook? Right. There's always been the du jour, uh, you know, social media site. And as silly as MySpace was to a lot of us olds, like there was that time where you're like, wow, this thing is, it's so huge. And then how long did it take to go from being the something every, something everybody had to have, whether you're a... You know, uh, whether you're a high school student or a musician, remember, you had to put music on your MySpace page. And then how long did it take to go from top of the game to like, oh, my God, that's such a dated reference? Right. 
I mentioned I mentioned it in my inbox zero talk in two thousand something, and I look back at that and it's one of the things that makes me cringe. Uh, is like, uh, God, I wish, you know, <laughs> I wish I mentioned said Facebook instead. But Facebook's not going to be on top forever, ever. And and like you say, the cracks in the dam become extremely meaningful when they when there's several in several places at once, and then those cracks start joining up. I do think though that there's there's a weird timing issue with this too. Like you you would like to think that they'll just be fair, and you know, of course, you know, you can't take politics out of politics. But you'd like to think that the, the Republicans will listen to the evidence and make a reasoned decision. But if they were, and again, it's it's obviously not the smart money to bet that they're going to convict the guy and boot him out of office. But if they did, how weird is it that it's an election year? Like who who runs as the Republican nominee? Right. Mm-hmm. I guess Pence, you know, I guess Pence would mm-hmm. run, but there's nothing automatic about it. I mean, he would become the president and then I, but would others suddenly jump in? Can you could can can I, can I imagine Pence would be much easier to work with on many levels. But can you could could some other Republican like it, you know, we are, you know, people in Iowa start voting next month. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, have. Yeah. 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 It's just a weird. It's just a weird situation. But I do feel like that. That the damn. This is all I'm going to say. I'm not predicting it will happen, but I'm going to yeah. say that I think that if three or four Republicans do stand up, that more w- would follow. That it's they, it's this idea that you can't can't accept any criticism at all. Like mm-hmm. you said with that Matt Gates dingling. Yeah. You know the guy could not have been a more diehard supporter of him. Says one yeah. bad thing about him, and all of a sudden he's you know he's like out of the party. Okay, well, can I say one thing about this? Yeah, of um, course. Okay, so um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna speak in, in analogy here because I got into this with some friends of mine not too long ago who are like you know they're real jaded millennials and are like wow it's never never gonna happen and I said well like so let me let me let me give it to you this way Have you ever seen the movie Mean Girls Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, you got you got uh, Regina George. It's also a really good musical. Highly recommend it. You get Regina George, and they kind of run the school, right? The Plastics, right? Um, and then you got Tim Meadows, who's the principal, in a very very funny role. Um, you know, insert another high school of your choice. Let, let, let me put this to you. Uh, so, so the Mean Girls. Every you've got to be respectful of the Plastics, especially Regina. Because they can, they will, they will destroy any person at the school, and so they wield power. Um, they wield power in a way that is really – they lead with this fear. Everybody's scared to mess with the plastics, to jump ahead a little bit, well, until until it does fall apart for reasons in the movie. You see the movie, Mean Girls, in theaters yeah. now. Um, but let me put it to you this way. Let's say instead of just being mean and, like, giving people eating disorders, what if, what if Regina and her friends uh, were doing pipe bombs around the school? <laughs> and, 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 um, and, and But here's the thing. Then Tim Meadows says, well, you know – they're really popular. <laughs> and if I pursue this and don't win, it's going to make me look really, really bad. And Tina Fey's like, right? Like, oh, man, we should not pursue the plastics. Nobody likes the plastics except for the people who, who want to be the plastics. Hmm. We better not pursue them because we're probably not going to win. And the pipe bombings, let's be honest, they, they kind of suck. But we should we shouldn't pursue them because I'm pretty sure, given the political climate, it's going to make us look bad. Yikes! What are we going to do? Well, I guess we'll just kind of look the other way. How would you evaluate that the kind of principal who said, "I'm not going to enforce the rules because it might be difficult. I'm not going to enforce the rules 
because I might not win. Can you, would you allow that from the principal at a rural high school, let alone the House of Representatives? Right. No, you would say, well, that sucks, dude. But guess what? You took the job. That's your job. Article one. It's in the gosh dang constitution. So it's not a question of whether you can win or whether it's politic. Maybe I'm just a little old fashioned about wanting to cling to this idea of October 2016. But it strikes me that like if you have that evidence and you believe that evidence, how do you not pursue that? District attorneys rarely say, well, I'm not going to pursue this. Well, I guess sometimes they say I might lose. But I'm just I'm just saying, once again, we, we like to say that thing like, oh, my God, we wouldn't allow a school board member to behave like this. Blah, 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 president. And it's like, well, OK, so, I mean, what when is it going to be? There's never a good day to, to stop smoking crack. And there's never a, a great day to pursue something civic, not political. <laughs> yeah, it ends up being political, but, but there's never a good day to do that. But guess what? That's the job. Yeah. Anyway. Well, let's move on to baseball. Hey, buddy. <laughs> How about this? I, I got to tell you. Do you, do you I know you're, we don't, you're, not, you're not a baseball guy, uh, and, and I know that famously on this show, you know, baseball discussions often don't go over the I'm well. neutral. John, I'm neutral on sports, right. and I'm suspicious of sports culture, and that's right. all I'm going to say about that. But I'm what, not against baseball. I want everybody to be – John, if there's anything you know about me, it's the, I just right. want people to be happy. What about this this cheating story to me though is interesting. With the Houston, oh yeah, right, 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 right. With the Houston Astros now, they, and then you got poor Pete Rose over here. What's right, going on? Right, justice for Pete Rose. That's a hashtag, huh? My favorite thing about the story is how low tech it was and how obvious it was. This so the base. If you're not it, now, you now I, as you know, I'm a real ball head. And I'm always following the sports, but I, I understand that among those those dorks and Emacs users in your audience, there may be people who don't know the very fine grained details of this dust up with stealing signals. I know this, but there may be listeners. Could you just give a little bit of context for what happened with this cheating scandal so in it, baseball? It's, it, it's a longstanding, almost a tradition to try to steal the you know baseball's full of these hand signals you know and it, comically so like you're pulling your nose you're you're tugging your ear you tap your eyebrow and it, and it you know it means uh you're supposed to bunt you know the third base coach gives you a the couple coach of... the, co- the pitching coaches does not want to yell right. to the baseballman on the mound throw a breaking right. ball right the catcher signals mm-hmm. to the pitcher which pitch to throw and they just typically put numbers down at their crotch and it might be i don't even know how it works really but it's they, they might put f- you know one finger then two fingers then one finger again and it could be everything's a feint except for the second to the last right thing. or maybe mm-hmm. it's the maybe it's the first one that you that you see twice if you see mm-hmm. one whichever one you see twice you know you, you work it out in advance and yeah. uh, and then you, the pitcher knows which pitch to throw, and it's a famous thing in baseball. Like if, if you're on the other team and you get to second base and you've got a view of the catcher's crotch, you you might try to you know see if you can figure out what the hell's going on, you know, and maybe signal to your teammate, you know. It's almost it, like card counting, where like you, you you probably don't have that much to do while you're waiting to run or, right. or go home. But like if you if you're there, it seems to me that you could be watching and try to glean just one little bit of okay. It seems like he does. Yeah, it's like like I say, like card counting. You just you're going to notice something about yeah. what precedes the it, pitch that went. If you do it with your eyeballs live, it is allowed. It's there's no rule against it. It is accepted. It's you know hundred over a hundred years of of time in baseball. It's it's really a sort of a tradition. What's not allowed is using electronic devices. 
Uh, oh, so one guy's out in the field with like a telephoto lens. Well, and, and there was even a thing, you know, there was an Apple angle on this a couple of years ago where there was uh, allegations that the Red Sox uh, had guys in the dugout wearing an Apple watch and they were getting text messages from their guy viewing the signal. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, Apple Watch. But anyway, what it, what it turned out right. the Houston Astros did is they set up a camera out in center field to view the the catcher's signals, and they had it hooked up to a TV just it just inside the dugout. You know, you'd go down the steps, and there's this TV. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what happened. And, that's so brazen. And they they would just watch it, and they'd figure out the signals, and. Then they would they would take George, a bat. George Brett had a little too much pine tar in his bat, so they would, and these guys are just just sitting there, right. like just like a, with a big cheating sign. And, and the way that they would signal the pitches to the batter is, let's say I'm watching, and I figure it out one one finger is a fastball, two finger is a curveball, very different type of pitch. You know, fastball mm-hmm. is you know is what it sounds like, curveball is what it sounds like, you know, slower and has like a looping banana, you know, like throwing a frisbee. Um, so I'm I'm in the dugout. I'm down there in the tunnel. I'm not up yet. Um, or maybe I'm not even playing today, right? I'm just a teammate who's down there doing the signal thing. And if I figure out the next pitch is a fastball, what the Astros would do is they would take a baseball bat and beat it on a trash can right there in the hallway. What? I swear to God. The equivalent of like baseball smoke signal. And so you're the batter at the plate, right? You're up there oh, okay. at the plate. And if you if and you, you hear tang tang. Yeah, if you hear like if you, you hear, know it's a curveball. You yeah, and then all of a sudden you you, oh, you know God. it's a curveball and you look for it. And then once once this came out, you think, well, mm. that's crazy, right? You once this came out, people started finding replays from the last two or three years, like on YouTube, you know, YouTube clips. And you can hear it clear as a bell, <laughs> like on oh YouTube. It was like, how did they, how did, the mind-boggling aspect of this is how did they get away with it? How did the other teams for, not for think? How, for how long were they doing this? All, you know? all season long in 2017. Oh, my God. That's it, insane. And so they, uh, the commissioner. And they call boxing the sweet science. Yeah. It's just, it's, there is a, and again, uh, hopefully people will forgive it, but I do think that there is a Trumpian angle to it, which is the brazenness of the plan, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not some kind of elaborate thing where they hooked up electrical buzzers in, <laughs> and put it in your shoe, you know, like in that in that great scene in Casino where you're, you know, like there's mm-hmm. some kind of gadget buzzing your foot. And they and they didn't have a, some kind of crazy thing where they would. There's do, no like Dustin Hoffman counting matchsticks or right. something or toothpicks. It, they just had a guy watching the TV feed, and then he would bang a trash can once or twice, or not at all if it was a, a fastball, right? Just, just yeah. banging a trash can, and you could hear it. Uh, you could hear the bangs on TV. <laughs> it was so loud. <laughs> um, and then what? So this this came out, and um, what happened as a result? So they had to fire. Well, they didn't have to fire, but the the Major League Baseball suspended. Well, oh, sorry, sorry, real quick. Um, how how was it discovered and disseminated oh, as a, information? A a, a a there's sort of a tradition. It's like you know, it's Omerta. You know, tough guys, sports. You know that that the, the other <laughs> uh, yeah. the other thing about about the cheating scheme though that it that's so crazy is that baseball players get traded and switch teams all the time, right? And so like it's not oh, like right. not like once you're on the Houston Astros, you're 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 in the mob, you're in the mafia. That's when you say Omerta. Like you mean like in right. that case, like you always have a reason right. to not rat out. 
to drop a dime well, on, on your buddies because you're all complicit in that. I guess, but there's this uh, – I forget his name, but there was a player who uh, was a pitcher for them and went to another team. And back in November, he went to – there's an excellent website called The Athletic. It's a subscription mm-hmm. uh, uh, sports site, Ken Rosenthal. Uh, I forget who the other writer was for the story. But he, he more or less went to them and dropped a dime on him and said, here, mm-hmm. this is this is how it worked. This is when they did it. And uh, they wrote this story about to, it. To, and, to and, whom? To like based uh, – to like, not Bowie Kuhn. I don't think he's the commissioner anymore. <laughs> but Bob, told- <laughs> Bob Manfred is the commissioner. Okay. But they, they rat it out to the authorities. Well, no, he went to, the, he to, went to this website. He went to these journalists. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Okay. I understand. The Athletic. Okay. Yeah, The it. Athletic. And the story was a sensation. Mm-hmm. Uh because again, there might be all sorts of you know people with binoculars and stuff like that trying to steal signals, but an actual electronic connection from a center field camera to a a monitor in the in the hallway is just so clearly over the line. Yeah, but I feel like they got away with it all season long because it was so brazen. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the I see what you're saying. Where it's if I do it, if I do it and like try to like make it a secret, or if I've got some conniving, but like that's the Trump part. Is that it's it's right in it's plain sight? It's so brazen, right? So Jimmy, yeah. they, we made. If Jimmy, you can overhear, if you can overhear the phone call in a restaurant, right? Then it no, must not be a bad thing. We made Jimmy Carter sell his peanut farm, and we, <laughs> we and Trump opened up a luxury hotel across the street from the White House. It's on it's Pennsylvania. It's not suspicious, Avenue. John. Sometimes Saudi Arabia just wants to make sure they got a couple floors of empty rooms in case they want to crash for the night. Like you it's, go to the buffet, you get a little bit of full, you get a little nappy. It's you know what I'm saying? so clearly brazen that i yeah, feel like yeah. it's sort of how you know how is how is he getting away with all this stuff i think because it's just like it, you know he's it, it it's just so over the top corrupt and he's not gonna he's not i mean and god i hate this stuff i hate it john um hey, it's also that his if we go back to the first first uh, principles clarice if we go back to the idea that a lot in my in my estimation uh, a lot of the people who support him, they'll come up with the reasons why they do what they do. But it's also that they're just like, I love to see that guy doing like he is he is president deals. He is he's <laughs> working hard for the country. And that guy is not going to let anybody get in his way. And he's he's how do you say this in a way he is without shame. And my God, can you imagine? It's like how George Costanza, George wants to be able to like, yeah. there's all the things George craves doing. He wants to be able to eat the cheese. He wants the sandwich while he's having sex. He wants to be able to just pee anywhere. Like, imagine what that would feel like to be that free, yeah. you know? And he's getting it, man. He's yeah. he's getting the thing and he's not going to let anybody stand in his way. And that that is seen as very laudable to a lot of people who feel that a bunch of like, a bunch of, uh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the vernacular? That... Um, uh, globalists right. who run Hollywood and the banks, all those globalists have been getting away with shenanigans for years. It's finally time my big wet boy gets in there and starts cutting some de- eels. Yeah. Uh, let me take a break here. Thank our third and final sponsor. I love this sponsor. It is the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. For two decades now, techmeme.com is the website that people in the tech industry visit every day, multiple times a day to keep up on the latest news. I visit all the time. I love Tech Meme. Uh, for over a year and a half now, nearly 10 million downloads of the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast have taken what techmeme.com is good at and distills it into podcast form. The Ride Home part is because they produce it every day and release it in the afternoon, so you will have it to listen on your ride home from work. That's an appropriate name. 
Same news headlines, same up-to-the-minute news, but also context and conversation around what happened today in the world of tech. This is Silicon Valley's Water Cooler Podcast. It's how you stay in the know about technology. It's a daily show every single day, posting around 5 p.m. Eastern each afternoon, and it's only about 15, 20 minutes long. So it's an easily digestible nugget. It's almost like having like you know your own little uh, NPR, but about tech news instead of world news. Uh, the top stories, the top posts about the stories, tweets, and conversations, and crucially, context. You could get a robot to read your headlines, but Tech Meme Ride Home is like too long didn't read as a service. We're all online every day reading the blogs and tweets and deep dives, and they will catch you up. And now Tech Meme Ride Home also has weekend bonus episodes with the journalists and newsmakers who drive the Silicon Valley narrative. Past guests on their weekend shows include M.G. Siegler, uh, talking about phones, Mark Gurman talking about Apple, Federico Vitici, John Voorhees breaking wow. down WWDCs. Wow. These are big names. These are names of pe- folks you guys know. Casey Newton from The Verge talking about Facebook. Um, all, all sorts of great guests. You could just look at the past hits. Um, it's really great. So here's what to do. Go to your favorite podcast app, whatever that app is. Maybe it's the iTunes app. Maybe it's uh, the Overcast. Maybe it's Castro. Maybe it's something else. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search for Ride Home, and you'll find the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. So please consider it. Subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, and all you have to do to find it is go to your podcast app of choice and search for Ride Home. Uh, all right, we got to wrap it up soon. But I thought this was an interesting. You 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 tossed this out. This is from your idea list for the show. And it you- is, and this could be either a brief topic or it could be. I could play editor in chief yeah. of DaringFireball.net. Don't put the www on there. It won't yeah. even work. Uh, DaringFireball.net. I'm the new EIC. Um, we're gonna need to do your onboarding now. Uh, I'm gonna open the kimono. My assignment to you. This could also be my assignment to you. I um I just it's something that occurred to me. Do you want me to do you want me to pitch this? No, you do it. Just talking to some friends on a Slack, and we talked about this a little bit on um, the show I do with Dan Benjamin. Back to work the other day. I just had this kind of random thought, and um, uh, just don't tweet at me. Just have John write it. John will write it. Um, here's my thought. Um, it occurs to me as somebody who's uh, I I'm I, I, I'm not sexy and I'm not relevant, but I don't want to be stupid and I want to understand the way things work. So I'm I'm, I'm Rather than guessing why things work a certain way, I, I try to figure out why they are a certain way. And, you know, me and some pals were tossing around some stuff about shortcuts, which I'm getting way into, thanks to friend of the show, Federico Vitici. Um, Long story short, uh, there's all this stuff where, like, you know, I've been using a Mac since 1987. I'm a big fan. It's like, you know, one of the great things. SE30 is probably one of the greatest products of all time. Love Apple, love the Mac. Uh, but, you know, sometimes there'll be stuff that comes along. Uh, you look at something like Catalyst is a good example, maybe. You look at something like Catalyst, and you're like, what a what a crazy different time it is right now. And as a consumer, maybe a power user, but definitely a consumer, it seems so odd to me in some ways. Not odd to me. I want to understand why Catalyst sucks. Yes, I know it's getting better. Email John. <laughs> but, like, it's so odd to me that, like, iOS is just so tight, and it's iOS 13 is so has become so good. The devices are so good. They just came out with that, that amazing new Mac Pro. The I, I, I still have my eye on an iMac Pro because I don't really super need it. But, oh, my God, Macs are so great. The iOS devices are so great. But then you look at something like Catalyst. 
And you're like, it's, it was so upsetting to get that Twitter app the first day and go, hey, Catalyst arrived. This seems like a really sweet solution. You're going to be able, you're going to be able to take this iOS stuff and run your, app. you're like, okay, up here is button. You're like, what? What? Then none of the key commands work. And that's all very odd. This, this feels like, this feels like a port of something. I guess it is a port of something. It's so odd. And then I stop and I think, I go, wait a minute. Why, why, why is that? Why is it that iOS, you know, gets these great improvements and gets its own bespoke, you know, iPad version? Um, and, and a thought occurred to me that the, I believe the iPhone was announced in 2007. Right. Came, they came, did it come out late 2007 or 2008? No, June. No, remember it came out at the end of June. I feel like January was the announcement. But yeah, anyway, Jan- January was the announcement at Macworld Expo. And then it's been, it's been around for over a decade. Later. iPhone yeah. and its various uh, OSs associated with that have come a long way. A lot of folks, a lot of these, young, these youngsters, these, these millenniums, they might not even remember stuff like, Lonely Sandwich doing that video for like what what uh, copy and paste might look like. Right. Uh, remember, right. like it I didn't have remember. that. It didn't have. There's so many things that just it, it couldn't or didn't do, but it was still so magic. What here's what I'm trying to get at. It occurred to me as I tried to, turned over my mind why things are the way they are with some Apple things, and it occurred to me that um, if you take whatever age you want, but there there may be a lot of folks working at Apple that have used working at Apple for their job who is it possible that there are a lot of people working at Apple at this point who through their sentient pre-adult and adulthood have used iOS a lot more than they've used a Mac now, now that's going to either sound really stupid or really stupid <laughs> depending on which way you look at it but like I used a Mac, a Mac was my Apple product the Macintosh yeah. computer was my Apple product of you know for for years and like the all the other stuff was there but I mean for a long time John Roderick would continue to call Apple the Macintosh company or something yeah. like that because he's I, like that I, but I, is it possible there are people who have been there who are there and maybe in their 20s who have used iOS way more than they've ever used a Mac and it, I, I think you're right. I think you're onto something here. I think it is. I don't know it, if I'm right. I'm, I'm really just asking the question. I, uh, no, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about. And it's easy to, it's, when you think about how much older the Mac is, you know, it's easy to overlook how old iOS is now. 13 years. A lot of people using a Mac were originally using an Apple II. Right. Like when, when the Mac was 13 years old, it was 1997. You know, and and Steve wow, Jobs. The, the dark years. Well, I think guess 97 was when. It, the light came at the end of the tunnel because Steve Jobs and the next team were there and they were years yeah. away from shipping anything. But, right. you know, and they were getting ready to, you know, working secretly on the iMac and stuff, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, the iMac's a good example. That's so interesting to me when you put those things. Uh, what, what What is the – I had a word I finally came up with for that. When you take a an equivalent amount of time and lay it over two different right. eras. I don't know what I you call, I call it. it but I think I called it uh, – a. <laughs> Syracuse says this is terrible. I think I called it a, a chronology mm, because like you're basically laying. But when you do that, you get into stuff like, well, if Synchronicity by the Police came out in 1983, oh my God, that's you're talking about like practically World War II is that same equivalent amount right. of time. So the, the question or my assignment to you is, if you have any little birdies, or just maybe ask around, like uh, so. The, the the informational part is, which is which seems knowable, is are there. How many of the folks working at Apple, especially in product at some level right now, people who are maybe mid, even mid-level who are making decisions about stuff, how many of them, let's put it this way, they say with Qatar, they say it's not how many years you play, it's how many hours you play. Um, how many people at Apple right now in product have spent more hours using iOS than the hours spent 
on a Mac. And more importantly, if you can, if that is knowable information, what does that mean to how those folks think about uh, features functionality? What's what's as Bob Seeger says, what to leave in, what to leave out, and is it are they okay with the fact that you can't have folders and shortcuts without right. a second app? I and I think I think part of it too, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And you know, it, it's you know, it's getting older. You know, and and the Mac mm-hmm. is you know, the Mac is at a weird spot. You know, Mac and Windows yeah. both have been around for so long now that they're they're just the oxygen in the air. You know, and that I think for a lot of people who are younger and they've just always been there, right? That that you mm-hmm. you could actually be not that much younger and not remember the time before there was the Macintosh and Windows. And uh, people like me and my developer friends uh, of my basic generation, and I think you're the same way too, like we we really drank in the Macintosh, right? We have, we, we, I, I, it, it, it was. I used to read, I used to read three publications a week. Right. I read I Mac did. World, I read Mac User, and I read Mac, Mac week, week, I want to say. And you know things like, um, it, you just know how, how you make menu commands. Like menu commands in the menu bar are in title case. And, mm-hmm. um, and so that was one of the things, some of the Catalyst apps when they first shipped, not Apple's, I don't think, but like like the Twitter app. I, I could be wrong about this accusation, but I think that the Twitter app had some menu item names that weren't in title case. They were just, you know, up uppercase first word and then the rest of the words were like if, if there was a new tweet command, maybe the word tweet was lowercase t. Which in and of itself isn't, in theory, you could make a graphical user interface desktop system where that's your style guide is to have menu commands be lowercase. Um, and you but, may, it may not register as, well, this is not in the HIG or whatever. It may not register right. on a very conscious level, but there's some part of you go, something doesn't feel right about this. But it, it, so, and, and so I, I don't know why, it's just the way it's always been. But like menu commands are in title case a checkbox in the preferences window is not in title case. So like here in the notes app, there's a checkbox automatically sort checked items. The only word that's capitalized is automatically sort checked items. Isn't I, I I don't know how I absorbed this. And I know so many people of our era, it's not because we read and memorized the Apple human is interface guidelines. (laughs) We, you know, it's like, and, and the way that you become a good writer it isn't mm-hmm. by reading the dictionary. You just refer to it when you're stuck. Like you don't, ooh. you don't pull out if, you, if something seems awkward. You don't pull out your. You may uh, like, maybe you're at the early ski poles level of like um, I pull out the dictionary and the um, thesaurus to find a fancy word, but right. then you pop up to that next level and you go like, well, no, I can just write a better sentence than this. Right. Or, or for that matter, in in baseball, you would know if you walked on the field and that wasn't grass. Right. You would know you there's you have something in the way that like I know I mention this every episode, John, that I'm on. But, you know, go back and think about you and writing about tabs in Safari. And right. I don't know how long. I'm, ha- I'm having to guess you, you spent more than a day on that, the way the tabs look and work right. in Safari. Right. And it was one of the rare posts at the time that had any graphics in it because right. that was the point. But, like, you're the kind of person, you are the original Helvetica versus Arial guy. I'm still like, oh, you could fool me. But you're like, oh, man, you, something, you, the hairs on your neck go up. 
and I'm only trying to analogize because if you, whatever your domain of expertise is in life, you notice things other people don't notice, and that's part of what makes you an expert. Right. And like when you are a, a, a fan or an enthusiast for this technology, you notice something's wrong. John Syracuse probably looks looks at some pearl and goes, "Oh my God, there's yeah. so many." Ways. You know, he looks at that and goes, "There's so many ways you could do this better." I keep coming back to the word idiomatic. And it's such an interesting hmm. word. And, and it, it's a good you word. Know, it, it certainly applies to language, you know, and, and you know, you hear it. You, you can often pick up when somebody learned English as a second language because they will make not necessarily grammatical mistakes. They'll make idiomatic mistakes. They'll 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 use a turn of phrase in an unusual way. And it just, you know, if, if you're a fluid English <laughs> it speaker. It clangs like the sound of a bat against a garbage can. Right. Uh, the way you become a Macintosh developer and user interface designer isn't by reading the HIG. It's by studying and absorbing and obsessing yourself with all of the Macintosh software. And yet I think there's a, an entire generation, not all of them, but I think there's a large number of, of younger people who they absorbed iOS that way. And they know what feels like a phony iOS app. I see where you're going with this. Right? Absolutely. And, yeah. I and think that gets that, almost practically into your – not into your DNA, but it gets into your wiring a little bit. And I, where you're I, like, this is how this works. And I think with the Mac, mm -hmm. they just sort of see it as a bunch of windows on screen with red close buttons. And yeah, they – you know, and I, I think there are – Xcode is a very big app and it is very complicated and it's it, it just has an enormous amount of responsibilities and I think that they just sort of blindly, you know, figure out, you know, well, here's how I do it, X, Y, and Z, but they don't, they never absorb the why. Why is it, why is the source list on the left? Why do you use triangles to disclose the contents of a, a folder? They just absorb it. Yeah, or they don't absorb it. They just sort of, it, it just is there. And they never really learn to speak idiomatic Mac. I, now, I, 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 I so 1,000% agree, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I don't know if you've ever used the product uh, from the company called Eero, but we're an Eero family at my house, and I, I stand Eero if for no other reason than their app, which has just gotten a big update, is it's continually such a joy to use yeah. to me. To me, and like the, the way that they introduce features, and like I was saying to somebody, like the, the most amazing thing, we got a new printer, and I thought, oh man, it's gonna be such a pain. I'm gonna need to get this thing a port reservation. There, go, there goes my day. <laughs> Right? Oh, no, a hundred percent. So like, I'm looking at all this HP documentation, which is lush and lavish. It's just that there's 16 different corporate names for printing somewhere that's not connected to Ethernet. Oh, you're gonna want you're gonna want HP HP Jet Wi-Fi, and ah, it's just maddening. And I went in, I opened up Eero, and I went to Advanced Settings, and I clicked, and it said, Hey, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, hey, buddy. Do you wanna do you want to uh, give this a uh, do you want to give this a reservation? I'm like, oh, yeah. Do I need to enter in the Mac address or anything? I'm like, oh, no, don't worry, buddy. Just click here. <gasps> hey, listen, while you're here, all you got to do is put, put some TCP and UDP stuff in these little fields. And now you not only get that reservation, but I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and forward the ports there for you, buddy. That's all you've got to do. Now, okay, now somebody goes and uses that app and they may go, okay, well, that didn't suck as much as I thought. Go and use any, uh, almost any other app that does stuff like that. I, I get my back on this. And it will be the most frustrating mismatch. This is even before we get into the whole, like, things don't line up with the horizontal lines or where you get to like, this is like so many smart home dinguses come with the craziest goddamn app you've ever used in your site. Yeah. It looks like it was made in Kai's power tools and swing. 
and you're like, what? What? Why? Why does it look like this? Why does it work like this? Well, I don't know. Je ne sais quoi. Somebody at with the team at Era, whoever is putting those apps together, in my opinion, they get that vernacular. And yeah. even when it's not the most standard looking, like it doesn't look like the settings area on your phone, it's a, it's a perfect joy to use. And what I'm trying to get at is this, John. There's a thing that happens sometimes where I'm compelled to not only use an app or device or service, but to love that app or device or service or what it can do, right? But you ever get the feeling that the people who made this don't love it? Yes. Or you ever yeah, get the feeling yeah, yeah. that the people, like, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say one thing that's a little bit of a slam and I apologize. I doubt there are many people at the company in Cupertino who use their Apple TV as much or in the way that I do because those people are extremely talented. And if they used the Apple TV as much as I, if the people on the team at the Hulu app, at the Hulu company, used Hulu as much as I would, they would throw their television out the window and take a lift to the office and not leave until they'd fixed horizontal scrolling. Nobody's, nobody there is using this as much as I am. When I use the Eero app, I would not be surprised at all to know that there are, there's somebody who's not, not just testing, not just QA, not just unit tests. There's somebody who is clicking with their goddamn sausage meat fingers on this screen as much as I do and getting it perfect. And you, you feel it in your bones. This, it's called it idiomatic, call it vernacular, call it good taste, whatever it is. There's just times where you're like, you don't love this as much as I do, and it shows. Yeah. I... And I kind of feel like to tie this up, I, I kind of feel like there are now people at Apple who don't love the Mac the way I love the Mac. And you said it. No, I didn't say that. You said that. Well, I, 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 I kind of think there's something there. And there's clearly still gotta, a lot. You've got to keep it do. around because that's how we make apps. We've got we to keep this thing rolling. Clearly a lot of people who still do. I, 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 I think Apple still makes some of their apps are still really really good i think safari is a wonderful safari is extraordinary app. it's just safari, ex safari especially on ipad is uh, it's it's like a, it's a it's a first ballot hall of fame app yeah but i think safari for mac is such a great mac browser and it's really the yeah. only mac browser you know i know there are other browsers that run on the mac but they're mm -hmm. not mac style Fire, firefox is firefox is very very i've uh, chrome is out of my life except in the most extreme circumstances yeah. for the reason some people uh, understand um but that's, I, a, but that's a perfect example though of what i'm talking about like mm -hmm. it bothers me it bothers me so much that like firefox and chrome and all the we think about the square tabs you like the square tabs well squared it, off it, those 90 to, degree edges you like to those? me to me it's the preferences it's you go to preferences and preferences <laughs> instead of being an actual proper preferences window it's it's a <laughs> magical God, it's a magical web page john click on skype and please click command comma no i can't i can't no, do it, John. John, tell me. Go, go find what some. Go find what my handle is. I'm Can afraid. you find what my handle is? No. Do you want to send card, John? Do you want to add funds, John? Have, what do you want to do? What do you I'm, want to do, buddy? You want, what's your location? Bro, what's your birthday? I'm, when I'm podcasting, I, I'm afraid to touch anything <laughs> in Skype because I don't know what's going to happen. I swear to God, this app—it's so freaking funny to me when you. This app is like they hate us. <laughs> so much and then they put an ad in well if you click here i'll hide this ad for 24 hours okay thank you but if you ever and you're, like, and you're like this app this app hates me whoever made this app hates me so much and they hate that i'm using this 
for something like a job. I, they I, hate me. I use Skype just for podcasting. I don't use it socially, you know. Uh, oh, really? For like huh. FaceTime type stuff. But have you ever looked at the <laughs> iOS version of the, the Skype app? It makes Not, so much. While. It makes so much more sense than the Mac version because it's less weird. That would certainly explain why these this card like interface is the way it is on a Mac. Right. It, it if you're just, using the same kind of design um, vocabulary. It's yeah. just so much more natural. Even Chrome and like Chrome for iOS, like when you use the Chrome app on your iPhone or something, mm -hmm. it, it feels much more like a real iOS app than the Mac version of Chrome does I feel mean, like is a it, Mac is it, is it Occam's Razor to say that's just pure resources, that your best people and the most resources go to the platform? Uh, yeah, and you, I you just... Start, you start with this platform and that's where, maybe that's where you're... Uh, I don't know. What word am I trying to look for here? Like the way you've got that, uh, the way that everything on Android looks. So the design I, yeah. language, right? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that it's a generational thing and that for an awful lot of people that they just use a Mac or Windows in the way that they use a web browser. And it's, mm -hmm. it's fine. You know, having all of your settings in one big scrolling web page, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is even before we get into the Ben Thompson stuff. I love hearing Ben Thompson. Uh, he's so gosh dang smart. Hearing him talk about that app that everybody in China uses and how uh, it really doesn't matter what phone you run it on. And right. like, it's it's purely, it would be like having a strong opinion about the counter at a dry cleaning place. You're like, <laughs> what? Who would, what? No, that's just where I go to like exchange my, my coin or whatever. That's where I go. Yeah you know, to order, order dinner or whatever. It's, it's a purely functional, the same way that my kid uses a Chromebook. You, oh, she has a Chromebook. John, it kills me. She loves, she loves the Chromebook. She'll just, she spends all her time watching TikToks on the, on the phone, or she's playing Minecraft on the iPad. If she has to do anything for school, she cracks open the Chromebook and she's in those Google apps. And she's fine. Which Google apps run like homemade dog crap on iOS? Like, right. have you ever, have you recently tried to use one of my favorite uh, web apps, Google Sheets? Have you tried to use Google Sheets lately on an iPhone? No. Oh, it's brutal. I, I, I don't use Google Sheets. Uh, I've never oh, had a good experience. man? Your numbers I've man. never had a good experience with the Google apps on iOS devices. Never. <laughs> you could say. It really It's pretty bad. And so one, one thing in Google's design uh, language that drives me nuts is the triple dots. Oh, like if you go into the, the like the assistant, I think it's called Google Home maybe or Google Assistant. There's the triple dots. Now I gotta say the um, their home hub is wonderful. The, the home hub is tremendous, and we see pictures every day that are just delightful. You go in and and again, but they're leveraging what they're good at with that device. They're good with mobile devices, or it's, that is to say, non desktop devices, and they're really good with the services. So I don't need to enter in the same way that like, if I have to go in that goddamn Google Home app because of my Google dinguses. It's, it is so maddening to me. I'm back to the HP office jet and the multiple, 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 multiple levels. Plus there's always the same dots in the corner with always exactly the two same, same things. <laughs> it, it's, it's just like, sometimes you think you're going to click on a hamburger and it's a hamburger. And then other times it, it turns out it's like a bowl of palm olive. Like what, what is happening in here? What is this? And the first time that I opened up that goddamn Twitter app, no, sorry, Better, better still. The first time that I opened Home on my laptop, and I was like, what in the name of sweet tap dancing Christ is this? You're telling me there's a pull-down menu to move between rooms? Really? And, there's... and it was like, it was so like, who thought this was good? <laughs> Who loves this? Who who gets up in the morning and goes, bum, ba -da, ba -da, ba -ba. I'm so pumped to go change my hue lights on my laptop with this app. The thing that still gets me about the home app is the way that when you set a, a date, it, you get the, the 
the scrolling, you know, the the wheel, you know, I don't even know what you call it, the date picker. Oh, the, <laughs> the picker. Yeah, the picker. Yeah. yeah. The thing that you can spin like a yeah. wheel, like yes. you're on. Uh, yeah, on which the makes right. makes a hundred percent sense on reminders for iOS. It's, it's crazy. Doesn't make it. Doesn't make th- those aren't fields, John. Those aren't fields. You got to click. Click the clicker. Click it. Well, anyway. Are you going to accept this assignment or are you going to punt? You don't even have to do it this week. No. But will you, will you have somebody look into this for me, please? And I will. tell me what it means. I will. That's really all I ask. Uh, Merlin, also, get, don't, don't sleep on those slippers, buddy. Get more while you still can. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm on it. I'll, I'll send you a receipt. I uh, appreciate that. I'll, I'll prove it. Merlin, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. You always keep me on my toes. Always interesting wow. conversation. Uh, think, think of me as being your 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 friend in a personal uh, sport mode. Yeah. So what what do you want to pimp? You already mentioned back to work. The show you do. Nothing. With the please Dan stop. Benjamin. Please. I'm 53. I have a bearded dragon. Please just don't notice me. Yeah. What I about? A, I have a lot. I have a lot of problems. I got to mention the uh, the Dubai Friday. Dubai Friday. Oh, is a, you've heard that. Is a fun show. Uh, Thanks, I can't man. keep up. There's too many podcasts in the world, but I do enjoy oh, it. Whenever, I know, I whenever know. I do listen to it, I, I enjoy it tremendously. Well, it's it's, it's all in in great part to the team at Dubai Friday, which is um, my pal Al, um, Alex Cox and my pal Max Temkin, our editor Quinn, our um, our engineer uh, Cameron, um, and uh, it's a really great team, and it's a lot of fun to do, and it's it's really so important though that you not actually listen to the show. If you do, please get closed back headphones and uh, move away from your family. It's so important. It's so very important. You not even have it appear on screen. Even the titles were burning. It's eye crimes that will burn your children's eyes. But it's at dubyfriday.com. Let please me... remember to like and subscribe. I will thank our sponsors for the show. Today's sponsors were uh, Squarespace, where, where you can build uh, all in one, build your own website. Uh, Linode, a web server hosting company where you can host your own um servers and stuff like that it just nerd out as a system administrator type level of hosting and third and absolutely not least the tech meme ride home podcast which is a great listen 15 to 20 minutes every single afternoon with the with the highlights of today's tech news uh and merlin i will talk to you soon i hope thanks buddy it's always a thrill all right Good stuff. <laughs> God damn it. It makes me so mad. It makes me so goddamn mad when I'm like using an app and you're like, I mean, like you remember the days when anytime you bought fucking anything into the 2000s, it came with a CD. We've talked about this. It came with a CD. You got to install the drivers. You got to install the busted ass app. And you're just like, this is insane. This is like a play about software. I, n- none of this makes fucking any sense. And when you run into that and you're like, who thought this was good? Okay, I'm gonna eat now. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> why did you? Why did you do the buttons in Kai's power tools? This oh my been, god! Oh my god! The, they're so big. Like, they're at, so big and curvy. So, they're so at, shiny. At some point within the company, you just know there was a meeting where somehow they decided that the problem with the app was that the buttons didn't look nice enough. Who made 